0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer/slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hi, everyone. Hey, how are you? Good, Greg. How are you? I'm good. Fantastic. It's been a long day in LA.
1: It's been a great day in LA. I agree. Every day in LA is a great day in LA.
0: You love LA. You wish I we love could move this here,
1: place, man. Are you kidding me? It's always hot, and that's it. <laughs>
0: that's why <laughs> you're not a hot. member of
1: Team Fat. You would that would be a, that would be a drawback for oh, anybody else. No, if we move down here, when we move down here, I'm going to stay optimistic mm. about this. When we move down here, we are all getting super in shape. No. Oh. Nope, not, nope, not
0: even, not gonna, not even remotely on the I've been here a while, and I'm still not. Super, <laughs> I have a shape, it's just not in. You I'm have the jelly shape. bean shape. Damn, I'm a man. fan of that one. I use that a lot. Totally. Over there, the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Go Isles. Go uh, Islanders, it's good to be. It's good to be here with you, Greg. It's good to be here with you, Colin. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. It's always my honor to have you sit on a podcast with me. Over here, the pure one, Tim Geddes. let Tim host. And then across the table from us. we are we? We're in his bat cave. We're in, Ke- we're in Kevin Smith's house. This is really weird. How are you doing, insane. Kevin? Smith? How are you?
2: I'm excellent. Oh, good. Um, so the producer slash seducer is that's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it, it's one of those things. Like every once in a while, you have an idea. You hear somebody say something. You're like, has that been said before? And you run to the internet and do a quick Google search. Yeah, I, I doubt anyone's ever put that together you should google it good things come up
3: i'll tell you that much really Oh yeah. is it all all in relation to you yes Yes, we had it going for a while
0: where if you put nick's name into google like the first autofill was cocaine and i was like we're we're doing the lord's work (laughs) so it was it was
1: was cocaine then scumbag then producer slash seducer now thankfully due to a marketing campaign of my own it's just producer (laughs) slash seducer okay
0: well ladies and gentlemen if you are listening do the mp3 then nothing is the normal mp3 it's the game over gregi for shoot for show for you
2: if you're watching on
0: youtube i've put up just an image that's because we're in kevin smith's house this top secret
2: they they uh, said hey can we set up cameras and i was like god no so uh, I'm, You said, I'm you responsible said it very
1: sweetly, though. You were like, uh, can we not? Yeah, and then was, you blinked I, at me a couple times and I was like, I can't say no to Kevin Smith's face." I, I have you a doe-eyed
2: way of, of passing uh, my across. But yeah, I was I was not prepared to, to no, say no. it doesn't matter. I'm just explaining
0: for these YouTube kids at home. They're at home tapping the screen. Yeah, wondering why why nothing's isn't it moving? moving. People yeah, exactly. talking. What the these fuck? Kids. Is this old-timey this radio? This is garbage. I hate this crap. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, you're listening to Game Over, Greggy's Show. The idea is simple. Each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather. Around this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, the show goes live on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. Each and every Friday as an MP3 and a video. Then if you don't want to give us any money, we totally understand. You can go to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. Monday through Thursday. Have it broken out topic by topic before we post the entire show for your amusement.
3: And by now, it's January. So it is definitely going to be on SoundCloud and iTunes. And we can all celebrate lies. These together. are
0: just lies that you're telling the no, world,
3: no, Tim. No, 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 It's happening. It, Guarantee it's, it. Promise. I promise Kevin Smith. I wouldn't let
2: him It sounds like you boys are branching out this year.
0: See, now that's the thing, Kevin Smith. On the Game Over Greggy show, tradition dictates that the guest goes first. Mm. But we're putting this up with you. We're doing this crossover thing with you and your podcast series. We need to get to brass tacks and let you know. Break it to you because you're one of the best friends. We came to tell you to your face. We all quit our jobs how uh, really all all four of us have left lucrative careers at IGN to go just do kind of funny
2: things what um what now of course i always branch independent i i always um I always applaud anyone who branches out and do something independently and whatnot instead of working for the quote-unquote man. And the man. Um, but, you know, in my experience, the man was never that bad at IGN. No, 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 no. We love IGN. Yeah. Okay. What happened? Why Why? Why quit the jobs and to do the thing as opposed to doing them simultaneously? Sure. We have been doing them simultaneously for a while, and that was really starting to kill us. Really? Yeah. And so was... now you guys are like, I want to commit to the – I want to pot commit. Like, yeah. We're, we're teetering, and we want to teeter to the other side.
0: It's one of those things. It's you know the safe choice is obviously to stay with IGN and be there. I mean they've been great to us. I've been, I've been there eight years. Nick had been there nine. Colin had been there eight. Tim is a baby. Uh, he's almost, my, five, almost, almost five. Almost five. Sorry. So you know Still, what I mean. The, internet lifetime. Right? Exactly. Oh, and that's the whole thing. They've been a face, and uh, they've you know let me rise up to become one of their dominant personalities, and they've given me so much. But it, we started to feel like, all right, what's next for all of us, let alone just me? You know what I mean? And the success we've seen with making Kind of Funny and the, the fun we have creating that content, that was getting to the point where to continue to invest in that would start to detract from IGN. And it wouldn't be fair to them for everything they've done for us.
2: Now, do you guys – are are you ind- independently wealthy enough to walk away from We will one? see.
3: Kind of. <laughs> we're, we're seeing about that we're, we're actually like, selling Tim's okay,
2: body
1: place? is that what yeah we're gonna start selling he doesn't know that yet but we're gonna
2: how start selling his body how many people are tonight.
1: married here Anybody? just him You're just the, me okay yeah. And
2: yeah. your wife was never like don't do this she went through
1: phases we'll talk we'll say right Uh, largely she was terrified and is still in that phase scary yeah yeah but she, you know, it's one of those things where she sees us get super excited, right? And she hasn't seen that. And and not again, Not we're not knocking IGN. IGN is a great place to come into work every day. But after nine, I've been there nine years. Right. So after nine years at a place, um, you start to lose that sort of shimmer, you know? And she finally started seeing it again to me, mm-hmm. which is weird to say, and kind of just gave me the nod. Like, do it. No Try nice. it. Why not? No, all right. Well, What's well, the worst that can happen, right? You might... That End is a fucking outside, life partner. Yeah. yeah she's awesome. and,
2: oh my god. If that's on the list, <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> sleeping outside this house, like I'm real. I'm I'm kind of kind hearted, so I would never be like get this fucking homeless person out of here. Particularly if I was just like. That homeless person was once in my house recording a podcast the moment before that dude changed his life <laughs> and then went homeless. So let him fucking sleep there. Well, like Here's an extra Justice League blanket. <laughs> uh, that is an excellent life partner. Somebody who's like, you know what? I could smell that you're not fucking happy where you are right now. And so if you've got to make a move, make a move. The rest yeah. of you guys just have the freedom to make the move.
0: Right? Well, yeah. Colin and I each have a girlfriend and we live together in, in next bedrooms that are next to each other. And then the third bedroom is our podcast studio and everything else we do there for filming. So both of our partners have been super, super supportive as well.
4: Yeah, Please. Cheryl, Cheryl, my girlfriend has been been awesome about. it. I mean, she there's some trepidation, of course, but she always wants me to just do what makes me happy. And, totally. And uh, it's, but, not that, but it's not to that... be
2: fair. She, that, there's no, you know, at the end of the day, she could be like, "Well, that's your problem. Goodbye, forever." Right. This guy, he's got you know. In order for that to happen, I gotta go to court and shit like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, like, so it's... a girlfriend or somebody who's not like fucking. And I'm not putting down uh, somebody who's not married, but. The freedom of not being married is the freedom to be like, I support you in everything you do, but if this motherfucker blows their life up, I get out of here
4: fast. Uh, absolutely. I mean, th- we can dodge the litigious nature of the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's been great. And, and you know, we, we, we owe a great deal to IGN. I mean, they gave us all of our opportunities. We'll never forget that. We'll never forget who paid our bills for many years and, and, and allow us to rise to F list internet prominence. Right. Um, <laughs> but, that, uh, you know, it is a good place. Right? We, <laughs>
0: yeah. But We're
4: really excited and, and honor that a lot of our people, uh, from IGN, you know, the listeners of podcast beyond and all these things that we do are coming with us and, you know, and, and are excited, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, Definitely. I mean, they're the whole reason. I mean, you know, the big movement for us and the change was when we launched the Patreon and when we when we we rebranded as kind of funny and launched the Patreon three months ago, and the outpouring of support there was the one. Was we looked at each other like, huh? We could be internet superstars if we try. Yeah, we we believe that we will be internet superstars when we hit one hundred thousand views. I am so, fucking so. shocked that kind
2: of funny wasn't taken.
3: Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. <laughs> that is nuts. That is
2: nuts to me. That's one and of I'm those very things that, like producer slash seducer, you're like. That's not taken already. You didn't steal that from like fucking Gallagher or something yeah. like I must have heard that. <laughs> and then you're like, "No, I didn't hear
0: that before at all." There is a woman in the suburbs of Chicago who has the kind of funny Twitter. Okay. And she doesn't I'm not saying doesn't use it correctly. She's just not very active on the Twitter. She doesn't right. seem to get it. So when I had to follow this woman, then tweet her to follow me back, then try to to explain to her how to use DMs, then go into the DMs and be like, I'm launching this business, is it possible for us to trade names? She's like, no, I like this. This is an inside joke between me and my friend. I'd like to keep it. I've had it for years. And I'm like, I totally get that. But wouldn't a better inside joke be the time four idiots on the internet offered you a few thousand dollars for your name? And she said, this sounds like a scam. Please stop talking to me. And I said, no, 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 it's not a scam. Please don't go. I'm like, I'm verified and you can look at me and. Like, here's links to everything. She's like, I'll have to think about this. And then she started publicly tweeting. She's like, is, has anybody ever heard of someone coming through and trying to buy your Twitter name? And then she'd be like, "Thank goodness my my bro is dating a lawyer." And I'm like, "Oh God,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my!" You became like the conversation for a week. Totally, you were there. Bill Cosby, Ebola, ISIS—like <laughs> that's what they talked about. Like, what? I, I mean, what is does exactly that mean? How we think yeah, like, Greg. By the way, all the time. It's Bill living. Cosby and Ebola. Yeah, hey, you know what?
0: <laughs> it, it, you know, as long as you're making headlines, you're doing it right. Is what I like to think. To so yeah, reason. I like to think every so often she sees something happen. next. God, I could have had a few thousand dollars off these idiots. Yeah, it was yeah. funny
4: too because the, the the we had to buy the kind of funny URL. Right. But I think it was open on. Did we get it on YouTube? Like yeah. just it was just open on YouTube. Yeah, 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 how much
2: was the URL? Just out of curiosity, like thousand yeah. dollars. That is not bad. No, so not at all. That's really. We not would have paid bad. more for it. Yeah, don't it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> they can't come now, right? Someone we have contracts. Like, it's all it. the same. We're not very good about renewals. So <laughs> oh, okay. going to stay
0: on top of that. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, we have. You know. And
2: so the rebranding, um, going from. Uh, game over, Greggy. The idea is like, well, it's not one person. One hundred percent.
0: That was the big thing,
2: and that's bold in and of itself too, because that is like, all right, we've got a very, we got something that works. Now we're stepping away and building yeah. something yeah. else. But the time to do it is now, when you've got more eyeballs and earballs than I guess you anticipated. Yeah, like you've been able to take something fun at the job and turn it into a potential career it's within reach within grasp and you're like well fuck it if we, if not now fucking win
0: yeah that was the thing it's we talked awesome. about is we could have stuck in Ben game over Greggy, and we could have blown up to 200,000 followers and then it gets really hard to mm. All right now let's change it and then you have more people pissed off whereas That's this time we had this really core group like I always talk about it right like you know the number we have on YouTube right now or right before we flip the switch on the fifth right those are the ride or die motherfuckers those are the kids who like they want to hear Colin and I talk about video games and for the longest time we couldn't on, on our YouTube channel because we worked at IG. Yeah, and like that was the agreement, right? Like, no, no, you talk about video games here, so give us that content. We're like, that makes sense, right? So, the people who actually came to watch Colin and I talk about ants or Tim talk about the Disney princesses he wants to fuck, it's like, you're, there's a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> you're you are the good kids. Thank you for sticking it out with us. How I mean,
3: wait, how many princesses are there? Oh, god, uh, there's there's plenty. Let me let me tell you about this, Kevin. <laughs> oh, so, is there over there 20? Know. Is there are there over 20 princesses? In there's there? not 20, no, not not officially.
2: And cool. so, of that list, you've never you're like not all of them. Some Definitely not I, all of
3: them. Give them the top three. Majority.
2: Top three. No, That's I'm more someone. curious in who doesn't make the list. Who doesn't at all. make the list. Who is Mulan. the Kevin Smith? What?
3: Yeah. Why? Be Wait, how does Mulan not make the she officially list? Officially, she's a princess, but oh, Mulan doesn't make
2: the list. She was hot. She's no, in. not She not, fucking not. led an army, man, and she passed as a dude. So you get the strange That's going true. That's true, on. That's true. She puts on want, the armor. You won me over. And suddenly,
1: all right, all the princesses are on the list now just
0: saying fair enough so then since i've foregone letting you go first the topic i want to bring to the table is you've struck out on your own before Mm. you i've
2: struck out period yeah well sure
0: what what did you wish you knew when you went out on your own and you said goodbye steady jobs and things like paychecks and health insurance somebody else pays for and security
2: um you know honestly we've done (laughs) there, there was only one thing like i i don't have regrets because and you guys won't either because the, it was untenable to remain in the situation you were because your appetites and your aspirations have grown larger, and so now is the it's an entrepreneurial time in this business where people can make bold moves like what you're doing right now and actually make a career of it. Um, but the uh, you know, for me, I kind of I the thing that I learned when I like left Weinstein Company and Miramax they were. Like uh, the Weinstein brothers, Harvey and Bob were kind of my padrinos for like a long time, like 12 years running and shit. All my art was sponsored by them. So part of that was like you got this sweet overall deal to run your office and stuff, just a big chunk of money that they're like, here, this is to run your office. They didn't account for it. You didn't have to sit there and be like, this is where we spent and stuff um shit like that went away and then right away you were like oh wow that was a lot of money to pay dopey bills like a staff and stuff like that so naturally i noticed things like that which is what you'll notice the pinch of uh not a, the exact same situation but oh sure. my god we had paying jobs and now we don't comic-con was a lot cheaper person. when we expensed everything bingo, bingo. <laughs> but the thing that i saw i mean I, this isn't like a really practical piece of advice but the thing that i saw in a years later after a move was, uh, wow. Like so much of what I did leaned on where I was like as much, I was never like, ah, you know, fucking I'm everything and the wine are Nothing. No, I was always very appreciative of the fact that Harvey and Bob had kind of bought clerks and, and kept making movies with me and stuff. But then like simple things like getting into the can film festival, just like you said, like, uh, to a degree of, you can't expense everything now yeah. at comic con. Getting into Cannes was a breeze when, you know, Harvey had the movies. And then when Harvey wasn't involved, you know, it's like, uh, did you guys get my email? <laughs> so there were definitely, like, uh, things that I realized, ah, oh, shit, that was easier Yeah. back then. But it was never like, man, I wish I fucking had that again. Or I wish I could change that in the present to look more like the past because... That was a moment, just like IGN was your moment. Brought you all together, fucking introduced you, and taught you what you dream about, like the thing that you were going to change your life for, worth going after for the rest of your fucking life, from your job to a fucking career. And so, you know, you'll always love the place, and and with distance from it, you'll be like, oh, wow, so much of who I am and what we're doing has everything to do with that. It's part of your DNA. So it's not, I'm sorry, it's not practical advice where it's just like, yeah, that'll help them, help, help us make our business better. But it is something that like right now, what, human beings are all about survival. So right now you're making a big move and part of that survival is about moving forward as fast as you fucking can and not looking back. When you're safe about two years from now, three years from now, you get your feet on the ground and you're not worried about building as much as maintaining then you'll be able to look back and be like holy shit that was the fucking glory year that was the yeah. you know, glory days fucking salad days like the the halcyon moment when everything was, uh, not only did we all meet and we were all working, but somebody else was fucking paying the bills and <laughs> shit like that. But it's worth sacrificing because now you're captains of your own destiny. I mean, it's a very small thing and this is these are very first world kind of uh, issues. But like you talked about, like we want to be able to talk about podcasts or uh, video games, but you know, we had to do it exclusively there, blah, blah, blah. Now you have the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And YouTube.com a, slash kinda funny games. Come yeah. subscribe. Exactly. <laughs> and there'll be that aspect now all the time. The panhandling? The chilling. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. The shameless
0: self promotion. Thankfully I got we'll over that. that. I, yeah. Yeah, we're really good at that. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, have and, we and told it, you about kindoffunny.com slash store.
2: <laughs> and at least you're doing it on your behalf. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. If, if you weren't already doing the panhandling for IGN, you, you know, you would eventually be. But sure. I'm sure you have to anyway. While yeah, we were. Well, I mean, it's out? not
0: even, you know, you make so many. We make so much content at IGN, mm-hmm. right? So when podcast Beyond goes up, I promote that. And up at noon goes up in this conversation. And then mm-hmm. don't forget to get your Beyond. T- like we're used to it, and our in our audiences too, right? Because our audience, we always I always say, if you're listening to the show, you're one of our best friends. You know me better than my mm-hmm. family does because we have conversations here that aren't just like, what's the weather like in Chicago. Absolutely dad. fucking true. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's so like so god. That's true. how this whole thing works, right? That we're all one giant community together, and they get that that mm-hmm. you know it's not like. We're sitting there counting millions of dollars. We're just like, oh, here's that T-shirt you always talk about in the comments. You want to see, and that's how you get it.
2: Here's the here. I mean, this is this may be a very uh, me-specific thing, but it, you know, it, it may apply as well. And 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 maybe it doesn't apply because you now have kind of uh, branded into a, a group more than anything else. But there was a certain point where all I used to do was one thing for a living. Like that was my job to make. as my career, and it was awesome. To yeah, make movies. And then there you know, I realized I got to do that, and and but there were other things I wanted to do too, like write comic books or fucking later on podcasts or stand on a stage and fucking do q and a and shit like that. So as I started like branching out or or, or what do they call it, diversifying the portfolio, mm. so to speak, um, there was a bunch of things. it wasn't just one thing anymore, and then there was a certain moment, I don't know how else to describe it, but there was a certain moment where I realized, oh my God. Because of all these things, I am no longer just a director. Like my job is to be Kevin Smith. And it's not a job, it's awesome. My career now is being Kevin Smith. However, a job is something you can end and walk away from and take a holiday from or quit as you guys just did. Once you become the business, that's it. Yeah. Fucking until you're in the grave or until you want to do something else – this is the This is the path you've chosen, and this is probably the best piece of advice I can always I can pass off because it helps me whenever I'm standing somewhere where I'm like, "Fuck, this is where I am right now." It, it always helps, and you know, you'd rather say it to yourself or some other motherfucker say it because they say it than you want to punch him. But <laughs> this is this is what you need to say. You wanted this, like. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens from this moment forward, you wanted this. So the highs, when you earn them, you're like, "Fuck, I wanted this, and I was right." But the lows, sure. when you're like, "Jesus Christ," uh, you you know, you, you, that's what will give you strength. Like you wanted this, and it'll take you back to the moment. It won't make you sit there and go, "Like I want to meet the dumb jackass who wanted this and fucking put my fucking dick in his mouth and <laughs> tell him stay at IGN." It, it'll just make it'll m- make you even more uh, steely in your decision. Your resolve, you're like right? Yeah, yeah my, your resolve is kind of more tightened because you're like, oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Like you won't bitch. It's a very first world temptation to complain, uh, even when we're making our dreams come true. It's a very American thing. But uh, at the same time, it's very, uh, you can find strength and resolve just knowing that this is what you wanted, good or bad, man. It's like, you know, many times over the course of the last few years where I'm like, fuck, how did I get here? And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I wanted. You
0: wanted this. Yeah. Well, this is, it reminds me, a couple days ago, we did Hot Pepper Gaming. We filmed it. Are you familiar with this? Where Mm -hmm. You you review a video game, but you also review a habanero pepper at the same time. (laughs) So you eat the pepper and then you have to try to get through this review and then you score them all at the end. And I've done it before and this time was way worse. And then Colin did it for the first time. And (laughs) (laughs) the misery he was in at the end and how good he was on camera, I immediately texted Tim and said, Colin just became a YouTuber. And it's because right. it's like before Colin has been a writer, an editor, you know, this podcast host. And I think now that we're making this jump, you see him embracing it the same way. So even though he hated his life right then and there, now he's going
4: yeah, for the ride. Yeah, let me just tell you, Kevin, about Hot Pepper Game. You just don't, don't do it. Good. Sounds,
2: <laughs> it. It just sounds so fucking – I mean it made me feel old the moment you explained it because I was just like, man, I'm 44, aren't I? Because I don't know anybody my age who's just like, it's Hot Pepper Game. Like you know, most people most it's a people channel' are just content to be like, "This is game, man." But yeah. there's someone out there, and it's always youth that's just like, "This needs an edge." You know yeah. what that edge is? We're going to combine eating a hot pepper with reviewing it. You yeah, know, it's yeah, just yeah. it it's, seems very young. It's like, boy, you guys are multitasking like motherfuckers.
4: It's a stroke. I mean, I, I said it like, uh, I, I kid, of course, because I think it's a, a stroke of genius. It's but, brilliant. Um, but oh my god, like a habanero and trying to. So is just, the
2: idea that you eat it and then. You're trying to review before what? You take a drink or something? Yeah, yeah. You, you can't have like drink three the milk till you
0: finish your review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't drink what? Milk. There's they have milk a cup inside. of milk there. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You can drink milk, and and it's what well, is it's,
4: milk neutralized? Yeah, the, yeah milk, milk knocks works. out the heat. Yeah, 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 it actually works very well.
0: Not not, really, not yeah. instantly, but I mean, it'll definitely lessen the pain you're in because oh you are in a lot of pain.
2: So you eat it, right, it cooked, raw? Oh, raw. just a
0: raw habanero, just right into it, just bite into it, eat. and and for one
4: bite? No, you take you eat the whole thing. And I didn't. I was looking this up on the Scoville chart or whatever of heat. A jalapeno is like five thousand units, and a habanero is three hundred thousand units.
2: I mean, isn't it one of those things that you could it could kill some people?
0: Yeah, it said if you have stomach problems, not to do it. And luckily, <laughs> Colin is has a million stomach problems. Yeah, I have I have, I have, I have ulcers and like
4: just bowel issues, and I, I definitely felt it. <laughs> uh was definitely a little scared at, at moments yeah uh, like why am i doing this? but I, I i we wanted to do it because it was i think what make our, our people laugh right. um but i couldn't believe greg did it again because i was like i'm never doing like i i'm never doing that again but i'm glad that it was funny and that we got it on camera that the, we were actually filming i was afraid that maybe we didn't actually get it right something terrible would happen like where i just went through all this pain and misery for you know <laughs> more than a day because it comes out the other end as well true um <laughs>
2: Do you gotta Which, shoot that as well. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah no, no, there's no, no but I, that. There's I did text them. I did text them on
3: a, a group text saying uh, it's it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Doing dumb things on camera is the future, and like I feel like it's not even the future anymore. It's been the last couple of years. It is. You it's, made it's, it now.
2: But it's it's the you know why it's the perfect measurement of uh, unit of time for wasting. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. It's not a movie. Ninety minutes to two hours. is A big fucking commitment. Now in a world where everything has shrunk in terms of like we got a lot more things to pay attention to. So the movie is a thing you do later, you know, yeah. or unless you do professional.
0: Movies are an event. That's yeah. a thing. It's it really like date night. It's you're doing a date something. night thing. Yeah. I will so
2: if you're sitting around, you just want to waste some time, you want to look at some content, half an hour sitcom might be a little too much too, yeah. man. It, it's YouTube is the perfect choice because you can watch something fucking 4 minutes you're like, "Oh my god. My my big uh I, you know what? I got my topic coming up. Okay. Uh, we'll go to it. But I knew you want to say something. Before. I was just going to launch into something. I look at mind, you! Look I'm at you! Save
0: Pretty, it. I'm not. You might have a host. You have a hosting position in this podcast world. Sometimes <laughs> you you know what you do. You know how to transition. Look, look okay. at you. He's segwaying. But
2: I, know, right. I, heard, I heard somebody wanting. to. No, say I was going
1: to say this. You know, you mentioned. Yeah, you are. Ultimately responsible for your own success or failure, right? Mm. Which is part of the reason of wanting to own your own thing, right? But I will say you are in part a little responsible and here's why. About two years ago, you were at VidCon. Yes. And I heard you speak for the first time on a panel and and I'm paraphrasing. You said something to the extent of there is no barrier to entry to create and distribute your own art. Yeah. And that was a kind of an aha moment for me. where I was like, I have been uh, kind of creating content or art, uh, however you want to call it, probably more on the content side in my case for someone else because they had that distribution platform and then it dawned on me if you just start some something small two years from now it might be the thing that you can it's patience it
2: just requires patience diligence yeah a little bit panhandling where you know subscribe subscribe Mm -hmm. but it's you get there and you'll get there with somebody else because yeah you know they've they've got more eyeballs on them at the moment but you're you're Making the the choice to kind of branch at the right time—you've built enough audience where you can like pfft, make a transition over here and then continue to build without having to like tell everybody we used to be this, but now we're this. Um, but more importantly, man, you're just like you know what? Like it's it's great working for IGN, but it's amazing working for ourselves. Right. And you know that's that is this generation. It's an insanely entrepreneurial generation. That is the you know I read a New York Times article last year. It said this is the first generation in, in, in America in maybe um, shit a hundred years where people aren't trying to tell their kids go to college, you know, get a college degree and then find a good job. Keep parents are starting to tell their kids do what you love, yeah. like find out what you love and fucking try to get paid for it. Well, there's
0: I mean I always talk about it when you meet somebody like you know the first time I met Aisha Tyler like. Mm we saw it in each other that we had that kindred connection of hustle. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we just go and do things and you do it and you make it happen. And it's the same thing when we'll try to get together for anything. Like we each have a million things going on, right? We've talked about it on her show before. And it's just like, that's what it's about, and I think if you can see that in a in a child, you know what I mean. I think about that all the time. Like I would I would be drawing comics, and if I wasn't drawing comics, I was you know making stupid Saturday Night Live shows in the basement that were terrible. But you know what I mean. Like my parents saw it and encouraged that and fostered that and gave me that. You know, you can do anything you put your mind to, kind of thing.
2: Wow, man. See, my parents they weren't discouraging parents by any stretch of the imagination, but we didn't come from that world of like. Yeah, that's cool. If you put your mind to it, you could do anything you want. Yeah. It was like, that looks fun, but, you know, make sure you get a fucking job. Yes. Oh, God. Banker. What the fuck? That was aiming high. It was like, (laughs) be a busboy. Be a waiter. That was the big, like, I remember my parents were like, your brother has been a waiter for years, and he's, you know, risen risen really high in the ranks at this one restaurant in town. So, like, that's what you should shoot for. Because we didn't have, like, a profession in our family. The old man worked at the post office canceling stamps. So he he wasn't like, come here. Like, he was. (laughs) I love my life. Yeah. He was like, oh, my God. Kill yourself before you do this. (laughs) So, you know, they were just like, get a job. Like, there was was no. And even, like, we're in a place now where you could tell a 15-year-old kid, take their fucking smartphone, go shoot a feature, and there's a good chance that you may turn in that person, that girl boy may turn in something fucking amazing. Actually winds up getting played and stuff. It's no longer um, a stretch of the imagination. That's what I tell everybody. You know what I mean? Like people ask me how I got started. Mm -hmm. And the thing I always say is
0: that, in the fourth grade there was an issue of game pro and on the cover was maximum carnage and on the inside was a death and return of superman and i read it cover to cover for an entire month and it finally dawned on me somebody got paid to write all the words right. so i went into the kitchen i'm like mom I, I know what i'm gonna do with my life and she's like what I'm like i'm gonna write about video games and i always say to her credit she was like okay how are we gonna make that happen oh, and like that set me on this path to go to journalism school and get this degree and come out and do all these different things and now people i'm like you know that's a dated thing now do it Be doing it right now. Be blogging. Be doing your own podcast. Make your own YouTube videos. It doesn't matter if nobody watches them or downloads them. You're getting good at it so that when you have your shot to swing the bat, you hit a home run.
2: But see how it changes from generation to generation. I was born 70. What year were you born? 83. So you come from a generation of parents who are like, yeah, you could do this sort of thing. Whereas our parents were like, you know, get a job. Or yeah. go to college or something like that, <laughs> and like there was nobody in our world to like to point to, or and it, this, it, there was no examples of people I could point to, like a Richard Linklater. I'm like, this guy made this movie in Austin, Texas, and fucking, you know, it got picked up and it's playing in art houses. But that you were still speaking Martian, you know, this was still kind of a. Uh, in indie, indie film was more of a hobby medium to yeah. to a lot of people and stuff. So you couldn't f- find a lot of support because th- there wasn't a lot of understanding where mm-hmm. we were. If I'd grown up in like Los Angeles or New York uh, city or, you know, fucking Austin, Texas, then you've got like uh, college communities and creative folks who are like, Oh yeah. Making a feature, blah, blah, blah. But in our world where I was from, there was there, you didn't have that. There it's always important to have of, the like, examples. Yeah, yeah, and I, for me, that example was Richard Linklater. Yeah. Like him, Hal Hartley um, was another one. He'd made mo- movies in Long Island. Even Spike Lee, Spike Lee's flicks. Um, uh, those were the f- people who had kind of, Jim Jarmusch, made stuff that I'm like, all right, well, they, they're not from Hollywood or this place. Yeah. They're doing their thing in their little corner of the world. Maybe I can kind of do that thing. And you see somebody do it. And then they inspire you. It's just like art, man. There's no real original art. All art is consumed other art and then it's regurgitated with your own flavor, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is the shit I like. Blah, and it comes out. So, you know, now we live in a time where you can be like fucking kids, chase your dream. Not yeah. and, and and you know, there's always work out there or sometimes there's not. So err on the side of fucking like if you're gonna fail, fail going after what makes you happy
0: yeah that was the big thing for us right of like we you know for the longest time we looked at it in the inverse where we're like man like what what's everybody's number to quit what would we have to be bringing in to make sure we quit and We're like oh well, we're nowhere near that this can never happen right. and finally That's it was a like tender trap and it man. but it was like you know the thing of like well wait we're making this much now or we're not doing the content we want to make where our audience wants so like let's not think of it in terms of like what we're making now but in what our you know high risk high reward mm-hmm. what could happen if we go out and make the stuff everybody wants
2: it's the it's the smart play. I mean, you know, I I I got very fortunate right off the bat early in my career, um, and and was protected for a while. Or, or my art was finance. I'm old Medici's, if you will. And then at a certain point, like I had to kind of go off and and fend for myself. And between the two, one era was easier but one era is more satisfying. Mm-hmm. So I think the road that you've chosen may not be as easy as it is being comfortable at some place with, you know, with a steady paycheck, but my god, it's going to be fucking absolutely Which satisfying. is more fun though? Um the one that you build Hands down. Just because somebody honestly, you know, the more resources you're given, chances are your art's not necessarily going to improve. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're making a fucking Marvel movie, more money, <laughs> goal, you know, <laughs> then it looks good.
0: Well, then yeah. No, then we're, really no our more. goal is a DC movie. Everybody, get on, get on, or the Invincible movie. Those are our
2: two choices. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's, there's no hands down. It's building your own thing is always more fun, right? And and. Because every day that it crystallizes and becomes more real, you're like, holy shit, this is me doing my shit. Like, like you know, I love comic book movies, but I don't want to make somebody's comic book movie because as much as I love every one of those characters, like somebody else's shit, you know, somebody else created that character. That's somebody else's story. And there's a zillion people out there that love to fucking they, they don't have a story in them. So they're like, fuck, give me a script. And you give them a script, and they go off and make a comic book movie and stuff like that. Or sometimes they write it too. But generally speaking, there's a more than enough people out there to make those movies. So, as much as like you love them, it's like, well, no, I don't necessarily want to do that. I want to do my fucking thing, even though that thing is lucrative or whatever. This is the thing I build. Why would I want to make a, you know, a fucking. Superman movie a Batman movie an Iron Man movie even though I love these characters and I love watching other people's versions of them when I can make my own fucking movie you know what I'm saying like there's there's so many people out there to take care of those flicks and way more talented than me so you know there's there's more it's more satisfying building your own thing it may not be as popular It may not meet reach as many people but at the end of the day like fuck it's mine
1: I can tell you one thing right now. I speak. I think I speak for all your fans out there. Where I can say, if, even though it's not as popular, uh it's been really fun watching you come back into the fray. <laughs> it really has. Good. And Thanks. like, what you have, a, you have such a hardcore fan base out there that will support you in anything you want to do. And you know, they're very of that. Very, I have no doubt.
2: They're very sweet, man. And, and it's you know, it's the older I get, the more I'm sure it shrinks or it dwindles or whatever. But I've I've watched them kind of grow up with this. Our fan base they have kids now, you know, yeah. they ask like, Hey man, are you going to sell any kid clothing. And I'm like, Oh fuck. These people are fucking and having children. <laughs> <laughs> <That probably laughs> They're no longer just people who used to like write me from their fucking parents' homes. They have their own homes and shit. We've all kind of grown up together and, And time flies when you're fucking having a blast, as you'll see very quickly, as you've seen already, these fucking, as you listed the years that you've been working on IGN, I'm sure you don't sit there and be like, every one of them felt like a fucking decade. It went on forever. (laughs) Totally. Time flies when you're enjoying yourself and shit like that, when you're doing what you want in life. If you would ask my old man, he would have said time went fucking slow because he hated working at the post office. Yeah. We all get to make pretend for a living and shit and chase that as our dream and try to make that dream a reality. So it'll, the time will fly by even fucking quicker, man. That's the, the weird thing. It just goes very, very fast. And you, know, you look back because, like I said, we're, we're kind of programmed to move forward as quickly as possible. You, you look back after a certain point and you realize, oh shit, there's a long tail. You know, there. that means there are a few people who will go see what, like, whatever we wind up making in the future and stuff like that because of everything that we've kind of done before. And not just, like, the movies, but, like, the podcasts or the live appearances well, or fucking a cartoon It's the
0: same thing, I mean, on a much larger scale that, like, we have, right? Like, yeah. everybody who listens and knows you is a fan. Yeah. I mean, a friend. You know what I mean? That was always the thing of, like, you know, uh, you know, when I fell in love with you and everything else it was Mallrats, right? Because, like...
2: We speak in the same language. I had
0: never seen it's hard for Tim to believe because I know he's he's the pure one, he's super young, but I, at this day and age, no one was talking about Superman on on a silver screen. Right. Nobody was putting Stanley in a movie to see Wizard magazine in a movie, like you know what I mean? It's like, yes, this is something that's us, and then you know, you're on you're <laughs> on the was, message
2: boards, you're part of it. It's akin to like um, you know, fucking seeing gay porn as a child <laughs> and getting a heart on and and being like, Oh my god, this is my world. People like, understand is, me got to go fucking tap under a stall in a bathroom. This is amazing. <laughs> it was it spoke to very few people, but but that that group of people just didn't have a way to get in touch with each other yeah. yet. That was right as the internet was yep. fucking cranking up and stuff. So, like, now, like, it's a, you know... There's
3: gay porn everywhere.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And everywhere you turn, there's somebody talking about Superman or fucking Stan Lee shows up in movies Yeah, I know, and right? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that was just at a time where that didn't quite exist. But I'll tell you, man, where that came from, like, this... Is, I always kind of like to give credit where credit's to. Like, Quentin Tarantino, of course, watching Reservoir Dogs and watching in the opening sequence where they talk about the Madonna song, like yeah, a virgin, yeah. blah, blah, blah um amazing because you're like oh my god they're talking about a fucking song and this is i know this is a bank Heist movie but they're talking about pop culture blah, blah, blah. so i remember seeing that and being like we're allowed to do this holy fuck then i, I i'm gonna talk about fucking other movies because that's all me and my friends talk about but referencing something the magic of referencing something where an audience goes GASP! like i know that yeah. <laughs> that like didn't that didn't exist. Like now it's everywhere. Sure. You know, it's its own fucking genre. Um, uh, I can't make a movie without referencing fucking other movies. It's my language. But I remember when I was a kid, man, it had to be is 1983. I'm watching, um, facts of life. You know the fucking girl the t- school. Yeah, show? the TV show. Yeah, Thanks TV show life. facts. Yeah, life. Good. Uh, when, when the
0: world doesn't seem to be living up to your dreams. Solo, come on. <laughs> Oh no, that's the part nobody knows talk that.
2: Me. That's <laughs> the of <laughs> life that. are all yes. about you,
0: <laughs> ladies and
3: gentlemen. This is the game of a crazy do show. Do you know officially. the middle of it? No, nobody does. <laughs>
2: nobody does. It's like like stairway we both to heaven, them. man. There's <laughs> a part where you're just like, and <laughs> down the road, you just start filling in words. <laughs> that, I like how happy. it was just a standoff. We both cut off I there. L- like, <laughs> I love dude, how
0: that's a second language for
1: you too. You can get anyone to sing with you up until a point. Yeah. Sing alongs
2: are fucking awesome, though, because they make you feel alive. So I was watching that show, man, 1983. And it's, I think it was an end. Either it was the last episode ever, which might be the case, or it was the season finale. But they were all going their separate ways. And, you know, I watched the show every fucking week. We didn't have a lot of choices back then. It wasn't a bad show. I mean, I'm sure now, like, you try to watch it and be like, holy fuck. (laughs) There but was some we bad didn't hair have her in that show. Mrs. Yeah. Garrett! Joe know. had some bad hair. It, it, it might not have aged that well, but like back then there wasn't a shit ton to watch. And every week watched that show, but this was the first week they did something blew my hair back. And that's consider, that's saying a lot because I always had very special episodes and shit oh, yeah. you know, where someone got drunk. Joe's a drug addict. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Joe's cousin has CP. And then you were like, oh my God, how are they going to make this work in a sitcom? And they found a way to do it. This this particular episode, they talked about, like, we're all, you know, because they were leaving. They're like, well, we're all going to see each other this summer when the new Star Wars movie comes out. And that wasn't normal. Like, right. they didn't do that. It wasn't like you watch other shows and they talked about movies that were in a theater. Nobody was, you know, Saturday Night Live, of course, would do topical humor. Sure. But, like... Laverne and Charlie and Happy Days were set in the 50s and they didn't even really reference fucking movies and stuff like that and I remember watching that episode and being like holy shit like I'm going to see that movie this summer like I exist because they exist we're in the same universe
3: (laughs) this is all Totally.
2: and it it was thrilling and so later on in life you know when I when I watched Reservoir Dogs and I'm like oh man you can like do a whole scene where you talk about a fucking song and just like it hasn't, it doesn't really move the plot forward, but it says a lot about the characters and stuff like that. So for me, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to do what me and my friends do. We don't, we didn't talk to each other in, in real language. We fucking used lines from raising Arizona to express ourselves yeah, to yeah. one another and the blues brothers and stuff. So my characters did the same kind of thing because of that. So Mallrats Rats is that movie that. It's very much the internet just before the internet existed. That's what I, whenever I think of that movie, I'm like, fuck, Mallrats is like the internet come to life. Every line's a meme, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yes. Hartford, yeah, the whale, it <laughs> was, like, <laughs> once, maybe <laughs> twice in a while. That's what I was gonna
4: say. It was formidable for me, too. Those sort of, like clerks, Mallrats chasing Amy, Dogma, and then even up to James, uh, James, Bob, because my brother is 11 years older than me. We always bonded over media, whether it was video games or movies or whatever. And I remember him coming home. He lived in Philadelphia, and I remember him coming home, be like, "You have to see this movie, Mallrats. Like, and I was like, you know, in eighth or ninth grade, and we watched it, we bonded, and, and I'm a huge hockey fan, so that that beginning scene with the Whalers and the Canucks, like. Like I'm mm-hmm. like oh we can we can you know and then and then you're like he's all, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hartford would only be
2: the the and, whale would only be once maybe twice in a lifetime
4: and then you go back to clerks and you and there's and there's more hockey references there and there's more references we can engage with and so it wasn't only something that spoke to me but it helped me speak to my brother in a way like it yeah, it was oh, it was almost awesome. like a generational bond my, my my brother I told I had to tell him I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna meet Kevin Smith man he's like that's that's fucking insane because that was that's a special person to us as our, in our relationship. You that know story I mean? so means it, the
2: fucking world to me though because that's what you do it for. Like, I, I would love to say that like oh I do it for the money, but like I'm not a I am not I like making money, but I'm I'm that's not why I do it. You do it because you just want to throw something out there into the world to see if anybody agrees and see that you're not alone. That's the yeah, beauty of yeah. of the communications medium. You're like I think this weird way. Does anybody else fucking agree? And a bunch of people that find you funny or be like you or enjoy your blog or enjoy your podcast or fucking sign up for your YouTube channel or whatever, however one expresses themselves in social media these days, you sit there going like, "Oh fuck, I'm not alone." Like yep. everyone fucking agrees. So that story, or not everyone, but there are people that think like me. Pre-internet, man, you couldn't really do that. Like you'd meet people at conventions or comic cons or like-minded individuals if you were lucky in school like i remember there was a guy named james Byrne who was the only dude in high school had the balls to be like oh i like comic books yeah like the rest of us kind of put him away and shit and he was just still reading and yep. still drawing he was an excellent artist so a story like that where it's just like me and my brother bonded over your shit that's like that's why i did it like for that and that's why i kept doing it first time i did it for me like let me throw this out there and see if anybody fucking like feels the way I do. And because of that I built an audience. And then after that, almost every time after that, it was just like, let me throw this out there and hopefully like, I don't know, people embrace it as this thing, the way we embraced raising Arizona. Raising Arizona was religion. You you know, just like religions not for everybody. You some people you meet, like, oh, "I fucking got no use for this." Raising Arizona was something that, like, it, like Catholicism, you know, it bound you to people where you were like, oh, fucking, you know that movie? Yeah, and it begins yeah. there, and then there are other sacraments that come into play. Blue Velvet was a massive sacrament in our world in terms of, like, we communicated through that movie. Like, that's how you did, you found your friends because it was like, do you like this? this is it fucked up. And the people that liked it, you hung out with the most and shit. Do the Right Thing was another movie that, like, bound a lot of friendships and, like, made you kind of, like, you know, like ah, oh, you know, I don't need to hang out with these people anymore. Some people you'd show that movie to, you'd feel enlightened by that movie and be like, "Hey, man, let's watch this." And then you watch some cats, and like suddenly they get kind of racial or whatever, and you are like, "Okay, hang okay, out with wow, yeah, okay, yeah, you I failed that in life. exactly." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, you like movies, man, are the, the way we like you. You kind of crystallize it perfectly. There was almost no need for me to ramble, but the way that you and your brother bound over that, or bonded over that bound, sounds kind of like couldn't pass the movie. The way you bind bound bound to get bonded bonded over it yeah. <laughs> like that's I, I don't know like that's what I did with my father. My father wasn't a hugely communicative guy. Like he'd have conversations, but they were very like you said earlier. Like, how's the weather? Good. Yeah. You know, like I saw Peter King. Like, oh, good. Like nothing really deep. Never. I remember asking my father like at one point what were your dreams, dad? Like, what did you want to do? And he's like, what do you mean? As if I was just like, you failed in life. What did you want to do? No, yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. when you were my age, like, I know you as this one thing, the guy who, like, puts the roof over our heads and fucking, like, fucks mom and, and like, your you're dad. <laughs> but what were you before dad? Like, and did you hit it? And then I realized later in life, he fucking my father was the most successful person i ever met all he wanted to do in life was get married and have kids so everything else was fucking scenery and greenery so he hit the jackpot early in life and he was so content his job was just a fucking burden to him so he wasn't like way communicative but the way we communicated was fucking through movies So so motherfucker would take me to see world according to garp at age 12 which is probably you know maybe a little heady for a 12 year old just a bit a little <laughs> yeah. you know how do you explain like did he did that and this is not in an era where people were like, op- openly communicative but like to have a conversation afterwards which we didn't but like the you know you take your kid to see the movie the potential the conversation after is like did that dude get his dick bit off in the car spoilers if you've never seen a uh, world accordion he was in my queue <laughs> <laughs> but uh he, he you know he was like he can handle it and if if he can't well, he will after the, like, it was, I don't know. Like some, there was a generation prior to me where fathers would go out and play catch with their sons. And I think my father realized that like, if I throw a ball at this fucking butterball, it's going to hit him in the face. So how can I bond with them? And yeah. he was like movies. Like yeah. I like movies. He likes movies. And so when you say something about like you and your brother bonding, it just like takes me back to like oh yeah that's why I got into it like to make something that you could like share with somebody. In that instance, it was me and my father. In your instance, it was you and your brother. thank you, that means a lot.
4: No, no, we, we, I mean thank you because I mean we were we were just reminiscing about. He even came home when Jay and Silent Bob uh, Strikes Back came out, which was right before nine eleven, and we are from New yes. York, so that was a, a traumatic time. But it was a few days before that I had broken my like my collarbone just a couple of days before, could barely get a shirt on, just had my. Like a, what, no, a, like a, like, for
2: no good reason, you broke your collarbone. I, I,
4: I broke it on a B, like BMXing on Long Island somewhere, and and just and just you
2: know as, as young as young children do it It's such cool. a sad pre nine eleven story. Yeah, yeah. Like I was BMXing on Long Island, minding yeah, yeah. my own business, enjoying the fuck out of life, busted collarbone, but whatever, the fuck. It, and then darkness. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I when re- things couldn't get worse, <laughs> I, just remember, <laughs> I just remember
4: the middle of the sandwich of that happening in early September, and then sure. obviously nine eleven was that my brother came home and we saw we went and saw the movie. And I mm-hmm. couldn't, I could barely move. Like, that was such a debil- like, surprisingly debilitating injury where I had to, like, drape a button down over me, basically. I couldn't even, like, put my arm in it. And we sat in the movie theater and we were hysterical laughing. And hurt, I was laughing while I hurt. I'll never forget that. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, it is those moments that that are special. That's why it's very surreal that we're here. I think
2: wins me. the world. Do you remember that summer, like, prior to September 11th? Yeah. What the big story was? So big that I believe it was on the cover of Time magazine no well i don't don't remember this part shark attacks Um, up and down the east coast shark attacks had like dramatically increased for the first time in in a decade or more and so there were all these shark attacks happening right in that summer man and like getting national attention like what the fuck's up with sharks (laughs) (laughs) that's how fucking like that's the world we lived in right prior to september 11th yeah people like sharks what are we gonna do about them and then everything fucking changed. Like, everything got later, really, you know? really serious. Really if you quickly. were a Sharks publicist, you were like, fuck, fuck man. God damn it, Al Qaeda. <laughs> Shark Week was going to be the biggest they thing ever. was just off the cover of time. Yeah, yeah, it took them a while to get back. But, but it's funny because. It had you, to be a bunch in a tornado, and then suddenly <laughs> Sharks were like, we're back, motherfuckers. It's,
0: you know, Colin has the collarbone, but like for me, right before September 11th, I was going to college. Like for, you know, first University of Missouri. Mm. And so, like, I remember everything leading up to that, and then how, yeah, it all flipped, but like, yeah, how. You know, when I got there, like, I told you this after the Comic-Con panel, right? Like, what I or what I introduced myself, like, I remember when we had our freshman year, you know, you're on the dorm floor, like, two truths and a lie kind of shit, and the one that I got everybody whistled, so I'm like, I'm going to be in uh, James and Silent Bob Strike Back. And when they came around, that's a lie, and I'm like, that's the fucking
2: truth, right? Really, really? pulled up,
0: view askew, and I'm like, look, there's my picture on this poster that's going to be in the background, and like, As, all this different And awesome what's-his-name's office?
2: Yeah, in exactly. Yeah, Allen yeah, yeah. Office. Yeah. God, I remember that, yeah. and I remember going... Like now it's commonplace, where oh, you sure, know, yeah. Have fans are Send or something, send back something back in. in, yeah, a fan. Could it's a send Kickstarter a a reward reward yes. yeah, now now if you give them 500 bucks, they'll do it. But it was like you know it was the 2000, and right you know right yeah. before 2000, right before September 11th. so it was this glorious, heady time on in the Internet where a lot more people had jumped online and shit, and so the VSescu message board, which was this is a very simple whiteboard, very simple to reddit, yeah very sim- uh, similar to Reddit. Um, where you post a thought and then motherfuckers branch into a thousand responses and shit. And we were able to do things like, Hey man, if you want like, you know, to see yourself in the background, we got to put pictures up anyway. Yeah. Why not you folks? And so (laughs) they sent in a bunch of pictures and we put them up on the, on the pegboard and the the pinboard in the background. So. Yeah, that's fucking it, wild well
0: it's just there was that and that was like the biggest thing coming up to that I Remember, I remember listening to the James on the Bob soundtrack on re- repeat right because that was one of the albums I bought right before I went and I knew every one of the lines like you know the interstitials or whatever in there and like being so into you and uh, three
2: people in the theater be,
0: you know, <laughs> about, <laughs> loving it religiously but like I remember like one of the stories I always tell about before and after is uh, I forget who, who sang it the artist but on the you had how many people want to kick some ass um, uh, the, uh, the oh, thing right uh, Yes, yeah, so, and I remember like, went to college Joke nine there you go. Went to college, got LimeWire, started legally downloading music, but at the time, whatever, who cared? And I remember, like, on September, September 15th. They put up a new version of that live, and it was their first live performance after it. And it was like this whole thing about violence is no answer to violence. It was like like that, you know what I mean? Just a week separated the way these guys changed their song. You know what I mean? To respond. So they took
2: how many people want to kick some? Ass yeah, yeah, into yeah. Because a, a post- there's like 9-11. that part
0: where you know, the, don't lay it, and the, like, violence yeah. is no answer to violence, blah, blah blah. And it's hard to see. Like it was totally like everybody calmed down, and it was like what I needed to hear. It's like really weird. I did not expect to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> this Down the rabbit hole. Obviously,
2: right. we're still all still. So that's our advice that. for starting. Yes. <laughs> out on our own. Great. Stroke nine. Kevin, what's your topic? Um. God, where do I want to go, man? We were just talking about something where I was like, "Ooh, that's an interesting." There's plenty. Show. We can get around if you want.
3: You're talking about YouTube when you're saying this.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. I was just gonna throw here. I'll throw a little love toward uh, towards something. But this is my go-to. Like. The way that when I was younger, I'd be like, ooh, uh, fucking Mork and Mindy is on on fucking Thursday. And you'd circle it in TV Guide and fucking, you know, we didn't we couldn't DVR it. So you had to watch it when it happened. Oh, happens. DVR's so good now. Oh, amazing. So it really, it, it killed family time, oh, yeah. you know, because it's just like, well, we can catch this whenever. But it's kind of sad that family time was spent in front of the television TV's anyway. On, right? So there was a time where family time at the dinner was killed by television and shit. But um, fuck, what was I talking about? Oh, so this is what I go to. My go-to for entertainment. The thing that I'm like, oh, shit, it's Sunday. My 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 stories, as my grandmother would call it, like the Young and the Restless. Like you couldn't bother her when her stories were on. My stories are on Cinema Sins on YouTube. Oh, um, yes. Oh, my oh God, God, yes. This is the perfect form of entertainment for any movie fan. Number one, you get to watch the movie again, kind of. <laughs> because it's nothing <laughs> but clips of the movie. And then number two, it's just like it's it's hysterical or enjoyable on a whole different level because, you know, it's almost like its own commentary track. And the movie's, you know, truncated usually down to the numbers been growing now. It's like, how you know, everything wrong with a movie in 19 minutes used to be like four minutes. But I got to tell you, like, I don't care. I fucking gather around and be like, oh, it's my jam. Um. So I, I, I mean, I you know, I mean, it, they certainly don't need the help. They have lots of subscribers on YouTube, but that has been my go-to lately for entertainment. Like, and and it makes me then go watch that movie mm. again. Like, it's kind of like fantastic advertising for whatever and movie they're doing. But it's also just fun. It's kind of cool watching somebody practice their art, man. Like watching them build an audience and go like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking throw up clips and I'm going to talk about like what's wrong with this movie is it's i don't know it's the perfect 21st century century distillation of what's possible on the internet how you can like create as you guys are learning and as you guys are branching out to do right now you can create your fucking living and dictate the terms of your living and be responsible for fucking how you earn by being artistic being creative we're just fucking around on the internet, eating peppers and fucking talking about <laughs> video games. It's a great time to be alive.
3: Yeah, yeah. We met those guys uh, at VidCon a couple months ago. Are they?
2: Is it more? I always assume it's one guy because well, it's of the one dude's dude, voice. but it's a
3: team that needs you know edits that and it like gets all the clips and all that stuff. Another and
2: one I love is the Screen Junkies. Oh, Screen Junkies are great. Uh, which we call it honest trailers. trailers. Yeah, and I watched their behind the scenes of how it was done. I found that fucking fascinating because yeah. I was I always assumed. Oh, it's like one guy sitting there watches it, writes a bunch of jokes. It is a, they, it's no fucking joke, dude. Like they produced, they produce YouTube videos now the way they used to produce television. Everyone's got a fucking staff, like a staff of researchers and stuff like that. We have that. Kevin over there. Yeah. Good job, Kev. It's, it's their staff. It's all It's, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, it's uh, those, both of them are real. Like I, the one, CinemaSins seems to be far more consistent. And I get pissy when they don't do like more than like two a week or something.
0: Yeah, right. That's the thing. We know how much content, how, how much time it takes to create that content. I'm like, fucking do more.
2: But that's, the, that's hot mess art, moves. Dude. Hot that's, mess moves. Get your shit together. And make more episodes. You oh, will be fuck. hearing that for the rest of your life. Like, that's the, when you, you choose to enter the arts, man, this is the common conversation you have with your audience. After you show them something you've just labored on forever, yeah. they go, that's great. What's next? And you're like, I just fucking finished that magic trick, man. Like, yeah. what? What do you mean? What's next? Yeah, but I feel that it's way
0: voracious, with voracious. It's with video games, right? Where I'll talk to developers and have them on, or I'll see them get interviewed by somebody else, and you're like, All right, so what's happening with the sequel? And he's like, I just spent
2: three years <laughs> my life. making this, like it's something from nothing, little numbers on a computer, and they <laughs> kick each other's ass and shoot each other. And you want to know what's next? But yeah, that's like we're we've seen it. Let me see the next. Yeah, thing. yeah it's th- crazy.
3: These days, it's so crazy too, especially with the internet, where we can sometimes produce. Especially at IGN, multiple videos a day. Mm. And we're just putting all this content. So then, when we put way more effort and work into something that we love and care, like there'll be videos we make that we pour our hearts into. Some we just, we're talking, we're not really doing anything. And the audience doesn't see the difference. You know, I agree and it's crazy. Then they'll just move on to the next one. They'll just be oh, cool. And you're just like, no, no, no guys, guys. No, we did this thing like this should, is the one that's supposed to blow up. Yeah, yeah you right, should yeah. know this one. Yeah. and it's,
2: it's just crazy that, that there's no pointing to says. what becomes viral. There's no, you know, it, the best you can do as a new media creator um, is just create vast amounts of content. And hope that they f- something pops, or they find. I the other day, you know, things gravitate to the top of the YouTube page. There's some little cartoon about um, a dad explains Slave Leia outfit to little girl. Oh yeah, yeah. And the dude, I looked at the dude's channel, and you know, dude's got very few subscribers, and he's made a couple of these videos and stuff, and all you know, they're bo- all animated, all clever, but perfect topic. At the right time. Yep. And the way it was phrased, all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of people going like, oh, fuck, that is interesting. What would you say to a fucking girl, a young girl who's like, the fuck's with this costume? Yeah. And boom, that is now over a, a million hits, probably at two. It's gone sure. viral. Yeah. But you can't gauge that. Like no. that dude wasn't sitting there going, this is the one.
0: I don't know. Maybe well, that, yeah. and that's the thing for us, right? Like even when we were before we were rebranded and we were doing all this content, we're doing the podcast, we're doing great topics. They're timely. We're expecting this one could do big numbers. It doesn't, or it, it does. They all do fine. We have a great mm. audience. But for the longest time, our most successful video was the art. It was the archive of the Fast and Furious live stream, which <laughs> was a camera pointed at a bunch of fat guys on a couch watching the Fast and Furious, not giving commentary, right. not doing anything. It's just that was a great headline. People tuned in. They'd watch what's happening. They'd pop to the comment and they'd be like, "Wait, why? Why, why aren't you showing the video?" why aren't you showing all the movies back to back to back because we were, we were marathoning all the Fast and the Furious and it's like well that's not what we're
2: doing you know what I mean what like, an so. amazing age where somebody will fucking watch you watch, watch movies yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that, the, the other one you know, we had a breakout success on a stupid live stream on uh, what on Black Friday where Colin and I played a best of seven Monopoly tournament on a board game and we had two cameras one on the board and one on us and we're <laughs> like no one's gonna watch this and I'm watching the numbers on we have like Two thousand people concurrently watching this right now, like live, <laughs> and now it's got like thirty five thousand people. There's like thirty five thousand views on this video on demand. It's just like,
2: what did we fucking do before the internet, right? Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no. like how starved were we for entertainment? <laughs> but, but it's so weird, and 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 I don't know, encouraging to know that there are two thousand people out there. Be like, I got a few minutes and watch. But this it's play it, Monopoly.
0: It's the weirdest thing, and this is going back to mall rats, right? Is that. And I, I remember when you got into podcasting, I was like, oh, great, I'm glad. Because we've been podcasting at IGN forever, right, and with Beyond and everything else and now our own shit. But when you did, I'm like, oh, that's such a natural thing, blah, 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 blah. But it never dawned on me to flip it back and remember the first DVD I ever saw was Mallrats mm. and how amazing it was to watch you guys picture-in-picture picture talk about the thing and how that bonded me to everybody. And that's why like when when Affleck started blowing up, I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I love Ben, and I know Ben because of this. And I'm I've glad heard him, him make
2: jokes like that he would never make in an interview. <laughs> I'm
0: like oh you like that movie with that guy he slept on Kevin Smith's couch mom when they were making this movie and he heard this fight between Kevin and his then girl it's a long story that's how (laughs) I got to
2: to podcasting because like the way Mosier described it Scott Mosier had uh, listened to an episode of the Ricky Gervais podcast Mm -hmm. and he goes it's kind of because I was like what is it and he's like well that is a radio show that they put up online for us to be able to listen to here but he goes, but it sounds just kind of like, you know, what we do when we do a commentary track. He's gone. People sit around just bullshitting. And I was like, really? That appealed to me very much. <laughs> there was a podcast that. that I was one. on. Like, I never give these guys any credits. I think it was called Geek GeekScape or GeekCast. This is going back to 2006. Okay. Um, fuck. Um, yeah. They had a real, like, very simple theme. Like, kind of. Geek, Geekscape, fuck, I forget the name of it. Anyway, these two dudes came to our old office on uh, down the street a little bit, the ViewSkew office, and they brought their little fucking recording device with them and shit. They'd found me online. We were talking on some forum, though. Like, okay, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, oh, sure. And we sat down and recorded a desk, you know, three mics and shit. It's the first podcast I ever did. And I instantly fell in love. i was so jealous of these two dudes i was like you do this all the time like fucking just for free for nothing like there's no it it was clearly passion project sure sure so i was like fuck this is possible and so i remember hitting up mosher i mean really we started smodcast um one of the reasons was ken plume the guy uh was running uh Quick Stop Entertainment, which used to be Movie Poop Shoot. We had Movie Poop Shoot, became Quick Stop Entertainment. There's a lot of people bitched about, like, you know, people that used to write for the site be like, it's tough to get credentials with a site called Movie Poop Shoot, and I was like, "Really? Well, I, remember, uh, I
0: remember when you guys did that when I was still, you know, hitting up the website all the time. And I clicked over because it was like, "You were like, somebody's talking shit about us on this super site." <laughs> yes. And I went and talked, and I'm like, "Oh, it's got an ass," and I immediately X'd out. And then like weeks later, somebody's like, "Oh, it was this, and it was that," and I'm like, "Oh, I never d- dug deep enough to find the Easter eggs to Blunt Man and Chronic." <laughs> we put
2: up a, we had put up a fake website, an Auntie Jane's on Bob website that had the trailer, the first trailer, buried in, yeah. and stuff. yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I hit a pothole. What was I talking about right before that? It was that boring. Nobody remembers. It was Fascinating. Just, we, we just keep
0: going with you. We're just, we're just shucking and jiving right there. I forgot there. what it was. Shadow boxing. Boy, it. it's going to
2: fall. You were, you were talking the about the guys you were podcasting with and then the... Thank ooh, you. Yep. Goddamn God Kyle so well God Moriarty. Well Come on, done. round of applause. So those dudes, man, I sit down and I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do with these cats soon. Ken Plume was like, well, we could use some traffic on Quick Stop Entertainment. And so uh, I said, hey, man, well, this is the confluence of events that topped with Scott Mosier and I hadn't been hanging out and and f- having a good time like bullshitting. All our hangout time was work related and shit. And what, you know, our relationship had been predicated on sitting around going like, hey, man, what do you think fucking happened after the Death Star blew up? Like shit yeah, like yeah. that. So, I was like, "Well, maybe if we sat down and forced ourselves to sit down and record one of these podcasts once a week, where you know it 's not business, it has nothing to do with our work or anything like that it's just this bullshit and whatnot." And then we have to put it up. Then it'll force us to hang out for once a week yes. and just yes. bullshit and not work or something.
0: That's the exact same thing that happened with us. Is you know what I mean? Like we, Colin and I, live together and work together at IGN. You know what I mean? People were always like, "Oh, don't you get sick of each other?" And it was like, "No, we don't see each other that much at the office." And when we go home, we go to our separate girlfriends, our separate rooms, we do separate things. So we weren't even having like friend time anymore. You know what I mean? Yes, you lose that si- crucial. Oh man, yeah, you lose sight of it's a real relationship. You need to, you need to treat it like a relationship. Yes. So when we started doing that, yeah, for sure it was time with us. But then on top of that, you know, Nick and Tim went from being like, oh, we know them. They're our friends to being like, oh, well, they're they're our bros. We'll die for them. You know what I mean?
2: That is uh, that was how I got to it, man, was like that confluence of events was like, I want to do this. Like those two guys, that podcast was just fun. I was like, wait, wait, we could talk about whatever we want. We could go as long as we want. There were no rules. Yeah, exactly. And then the idea and it's still the same today, man, as most cats know or maybe don't know, but like. There's no fucking gatekeeper yet. Still, still keep waiting every day. Somebody <laughs> would be like, from now on, Mr. Internet says you can or can't post something. But it's the wild, wild west. It continues to be the wild, wild west. The only medium that I can think of. Like, if you want to stage a play, you got to get permission, pay some fucking rent, whatever To fuck. If you want to make a movie that goes into theaters, believe me, there are plenty of gatekeepers that will keep <laughs> this in check. Uh, Unless you're financing it yourself. And even then, if you want to get in the theater, there's a gatekeeper who could say no. If you want to make a television program, there's a lot of checks and balances to keep you from fucking expressing yourself. But in this medium, podcasting still and YouTube still, there's nobody like fucking. It's very extreme what you have to do to get something taken off fucking YouTube (laughs) And, and even more extreme. You have to say something insane to get a podcast taken down sure like it's just utter freedom right now and one day somebody's gonna figure out how to fucking uh charge you to do this or fucking uh stop you from doing it without fucking them saying oh we approved this right until then man do it because it's it's as close to homegrown entertainment as you can get and nobody's fucking there's nothing but upside like you can find a massive audience without fucking having to get through some gatekeeper or pay to do so or you could just hobby it, man. Like you just like record conversations. Use it uses as an excuse. Like me and Mosier has an excuse to hung. Uh, Used as an excuse to hang out. Use it as an excuse to sit down with your fucking mother or father and be like, Hey man, what was your life like? Because one day you run out of that opportunity and you don't ever get to fucking find out. Like I recorded some podcasts with my mom and it was nuts because she just, I fed her weed cake and she was so honest. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I got to like talk to her as like, what was this like? What's that like? Rather than just be like, you know, you're my mother and I honor you as my mother kind of want to get to the heart of who she was as a person. If you ever want to figure out who the fuck you are as a person, how the fuck did you get here? What decisions did she make that led to the moment where she's like, I'm gonna fuck this doofus. And then nine months later I was born. Yeah. So, you know, you can even use that fucking podcast as an excuse to like, sit down and like talk to somebody that you find interesting, but you don't have any like entree into. Sometimes it's weird in our culture to be like, Hey, you want to go out or go to a movie or want to get something to eat? much easier to be like I'm thinking about recording a podcast you want to come over and be like oh yeah I understand yeah that. sure oh, that makes sense yeah. we'll <laughs> makes sit around we we'll talk for two hours yes. it would be great yeah well, that,
0: and that's the whole thing we always talk you know like it it, you know we record out of the spare bedroom and we call it our home studio but like when you when we invite a guest over i have to like they come like this is our house and that's my dog and my girlfriend's over there. this is where the pot and like you know what i mean there's that initial yeah. like oh all right cool and then it's just like but on what other situation would i have michael rosenbaum in my house we should really telling them
2: ahead of time by
0: the way i do i say home studio <laughs> yeah. i drive home that it's the home but i think people don't understand it's the home home
2: they're like we heard the studio part you weren't, you weren't <laughs> fucking kidding about the home. But like, what what better job to have where you can like literally roll out of your fucking bed, and put on a robe, and go do it? Do you hear? Let me ask you this: Do you find yourselves going like, "Oh, save that for the podcast"? Sometimes it interrupts. This guy exactly. won't let us talk. Yes, like I
3: swear, every conversation we have,
0: he's like, "Save it for the show." Well, save no, it show. it's because we'll be it's in the car smart. and they're like, "What's your topic?" And my topic is, you know what? It's it's tables. And then Nicole, I got a story about tables. It's one time where I'm like, "No, that's no, You're I don't right. want to hear the story twice. I, I want to have an honest." To tell action. it to you. What
2: I like when you listen to me.
3: Well, I only listen to you on the podcast. That's true. That's why I need that in my life.
1: What you
2: got to do is wire everything, so you're constantly recording well, all the time.
3: We wish we could do that, but see, the car rides to oh, the podcast, the car rides. Those are the ones that you know when you're saying about the whole GoPros, internet, man. The internet
0: like doesn't take things off. That's the stuff that they're going to take off. All <laughs> right, yeah. we get
1: all the raunch out in mm-hmm. the car ride. And then we go P G thirteen for the podcast.
0: We got to we got to test it on the trip down here yesterday. We set up a GoPro and mic'd everybody in the car, and that way that was like our Patreon exclusive episode we put up over on. It was how, so finale, How though. long did you shoot? Oh same thing, hour and a half. We tried to hit uh, that's our like a promise to the listeners. Who listener. was driving? Uh Kevin did. Kevin. Kevin but, is like, he, every, people who listen to the show and watch the show know Kevin's the unsung hero, even though we mentioned him, but we don't let him on camera. It only I think three fans now have seen you in person. Today at Meltdown, a fan came over to meet us, and, I was like, and I'm like, this is Kevin.
2: And he's like, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Get Kevin. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like seeing Clarabelle with the makeup off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people in the audience are like, who the fuck is Clarabelle? Do your fucking
0: history yeah. on TV. Look, look like, that up on the Bye, internet. Bye, kids. It's
2: so sad. Um, all right, so that was my topic. Okay. What's your topic?
3: Oh, so we're skipping my topic. We're going we're going straight to Nick here.
1: here yeah, I go. want to ask you the question. Fire away. A good question. So you, you we're talking about you talked earlier. A uh, good question. Topic the one. rest of the show sucked. <laughs> yeah, the rest of was rubbish. It was all built up at this moment. Uh you mentioned how our attention spans have gotten a lot shorter. Mm. Right? And there's so much content out there that we feel we need to watch a lot of it. Well, that wasn't the case uh back in the mid nineties when you made clerks. Mm. So in your opinion, can something like can can something like clerks happen again? Is there is is that even possible in today's society?
2: Here's what here's Here's the one thing I can say definitively about Clerks. There will never be a movie that looks that bad again. Like, think about it. It looks really great on Netflix, by the way. It's, it's very it, crisp. It, it doesn't really? Oh, but yeah. it's it's still like you can't... Even with a cell phone, uh, you can t- make a better looking picture sure. than that at this point. Everything looks like 35 millimeter at this point. Right Now, could that happen again? I mean, every year at Sundance, there's a, hey, this film like got, uh, came out of nowhere... Um, the girl, the woman who does girls, uh, Lena Dunham. Yeah, she came from indie film world. What was it? Tiny Furniture, I think. Oh, right. Her, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah. Was her flick. So I definitely think it's possible, um, but it's like YouTube has kind of supplanted that, so to speak. Like indie film, there was a period where you know they were taking chances like crazy, and now indie film is like uh, a movie that a studio didn't make, but it still's got. Tons of famous people in it, and sometimes cost fifteen to twenty million bucks. Right, so it's it's a completely different like uh, *Imitation Game* with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's an indie film, but well, that's pretty fucking expensive indie film and stuff. So the low budget kind of like uh, out of nowhere thing, *Cinderella Story* as they used to call it, like me and Robert Rodriguez, um, Ed Burns, a host of others who came through Sundance. I don't know if that can happen again. I not quite that way right you know it I, seems
0: like the, i mean like for me right it's the fact that it i always talk about like our attention spans are shattered glass you throw that giant, you have it you start with a giant piece of glass you throw it down and you have all these shards and it seems like to capture the moment that way for an indie film would be so tough, where everyone's talking about it, where it's, like, spreading. Like, I, I always think about it in the same way of, like, Blair Witch Project, right? Mm-hmm. Where you heard all these, like, rumblings of this It was the first found footage film, and people couldn't tell if it was real or not. You know what I mean? Like, by the time it got to theaters, everyone knew about this flick and right. wanted to see it.
1: Yeah, we had, that. we had it sort of happen with
2: Paranormal Activity,
1: but that was a while ago.
2: I agree. Paranormal Activity was the last one. But that was not, like, um, that, I don't think that movie, like, Paranormal Activity stood on its own feet based on the concept. So did Blair Witch Project. So much of Clerks was predicated on, and this guy, he made the movie in the convenience store. (laughs) So that movie leaned heavily on, on the backstory, at least in its theatrical life, and it never played on more than fucking 50 screens in theaters. It didn't go fucking wide and deep. When it, where it found its true audience was when it went to home video, and that's where people were like they weren't writing think pieces about it anymore. The true audience was going, "That's me. That's my friend." It, it, you know, I remember there were a few reviews. There was one review in People magazine that said about Jason Muse's character, "You want to find the rock." The actor crawled out from under, make sure there's nothing else like it under there or something. But, like, you know, they, it was if they were foreign people to the people that reviewed the movie because there they weren't a bunch of internet bloggers. Right, right, right. Now, right. that probably worked in my benefit because he had a bunch of people writing in newspapers and stuff like that going, like, well, this movie is a snapshot of Gen X and blah, blah, blah. If Gen X had had a voice like the internet at sure. that point, Maybe they would have said, no, he's not like this. is You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's so, no one there to
0: say, wait, I am a representative of Gen X and I don't know. If this bingo. Is bingo. So, she just fucked a corpse. Exactly.
2: So I uh, I mean, look, the closest I came to that was I remember Harmony Corinne, a filmmaker at one point said in some interview, uh, if he is the voice of Gen X, then I want to kill myself or something like that. He doesn't speak for me or whatever. Right. So And that was at the beginning of the internet, too. So I I benefited greatly from people that wrote about that film um, intelligently or or something, but that that movie found its audience at home where people were like, oh, I am Randall. Oh, I am fucking Dante. Or I know a Jay and Silent Bob and stuff. So it had this weird two-life effect. But I don't know if... I mean, there there, are always movies that come out of Sundance, but... It's tough to surprise people anymore. Right. And they've and you know, low budget is kind of not the move anymore. And and the low budget quick, quickly gets absorbed into the business. Like you got to remember when we started it wasn't us going like we're going to get fucking rich and direct a studio movie. Like yeah, yeah. that was not the path. Now it is. Now you can make a movie like the, the guy that made Godzilla made that weird. What was it? Uh, Monsters. Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, low budget movie where he, he went and sh- very clever how he did it and shit and uh, shooting in, in areas where, you know, there was already damage. and whatnot. Yeah. But like, that dude went on to like make fucking Godzilla. Right. That didn't happen back Star in Wars the day, film. and now a fucking <laughs> Star Wars movie. So you know, I think if that had been on the table back in the day for me, that would have been intimidating enough for me to not try to make a movie. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. like oh, that's the path. You make one of these indie films, and then you make fucking Godzilla. Like, you know that maybe that's the path for talented filmmakers and stuff. So. But I guess for me, I was I was so... I don't know. I'm glad I came up in a time where there was not like, this is a fast track to that. Blaze your own trail kind of thing, right? Or not even just like there's... like I'm not a visual stylist, so I was never going to make a comic book movie. I love watching them, but like you couldn't get a comic book movie out of me. It's, it requires too much effort. And, and I was still learning my craft. I mean, I'm still learning my craft to this day, but I didn't start out as a strong visual stylist. All content with no way to fucking express it and shit. So two decades into it, now I know how to express myself visually with a camera. I just don't have access to the same type of material. Mm. And it would also be redundant at this this point. Like, the stuff uh, that I wrote about, like uh, Clerks and rats Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jane Sombop, Strike Back, the shit that, like, oh, people identify with that from that period, blah, blah, blah. That... If I make that a movie like that again, people are like what's the fucking point? Dude, the internet does that every day in a far more clever way than you do. Then there's also the question of, like, I can't really access personal stuff anymore. That's how I played the game early on. I just took my real life and put it into movies. Right. But then at a certain point, my real life became the movies. Like, you know, I got my wish. Like, this is what I wanted. Yeah. And I became a filmmaker. But when that becomes your life, you stop living a real life. Like, you I'm going to write a
0: new script about how I'm so tired from podcasting yeah, and bingo, going to events. Bingo. <laughs> like, you, know,
2: you, I ran, you could tell when I ran out of personal things to say, more or less, when, by the time I get to Jane and Silent Bob Shrek back, because I'm like, this is a movie about making movies. Like, yeah. half of the movie takes place on, on a movie set. You know, that's like the furthest thing from Clerks you can imagine. Clerks is, is relatable to anybody who's ever had a fucking job. Whereas Jay and Silent Bob Shrek back is just a flat out, balls out comedy that's completely unrealistic and stuff. And that's because my life had become completely... Unrealistic. I made a little black and white movie, and I made it going like someone will see this, and then they'll give us money next time, so I don't have to pay for the movie. It wasn't <laughs> like this will start my career. It was just like this is this is gonna this this will get us to the next right. movie. You're getting out of debt. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe at <laughs> that. So had I thought that like well this is the path to a career blah blah, blah that would have seemed to seemed too daunting to me, and I wouldn't have tried. Just like if I had known Richard Linklater. Like, he was from Austin, I knew that. But I was like, this guy's from Bumblefuck, Texas, man. He made a movie. He's not in Hollywood or Los Angeles and shit, uh, or New York. If he could do it in Bumblefuck, Texas, I could do it in Jersey. And Bumblefuck, Texas is Austin, and then there's no, it's not Bumblefuck, it's fucking Austin. It's a <laughs> cultural mecca, not to mention the state cool capital. It's an amazing place, especially if you celebrate the arts, particularly in Austin. But thank God I didn't know that. If I had a little bit of education, to be like, well, Austin is an arts community supported by UT, and of course, they fucking he could make this amazing film in that world. And I would have then also been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't try this after all. Little ignorance goes a long way, you know. And and, and we're and, hoping so. Oh, it <laughs> <worked laughs> It absolutely helps because if you knew everything you were about to face, you might not go on the journey. Sometimes you got to discover shit along the way and whatnot, and some things are harder than you think they're going to be. And some things are way easier than you ever imagined, man. Sometimes you catch a wave and you're off and running, but I don't know. I don't know if it can happen like that again in movies. It happens like that all the time on the internet. There's like, I'm this weird hybrid or cross between like, I I don't know. I, I swear. And I don't say this in a, this is not, I don't mean this to sound arrogant. It's just something I've been thinking of a lot lately. Like, I just can't point to somebody else and be like, he's like me. Like, and 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 not in like I'm a true original. Anytime I want to be like, oh, I'm like uh, I'm a filmmaker like David Fincher. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. David Fincher like that's what he does. The only thing he does, and he's exceptional at it. And then I go like, oh, well, I'm a podcaster like this person, but that person's also not a filmmaker mm-hmm. like I am, or doesn't have a TV show. I'm like, all right, well then I'm I'm a guy who who uh, does fucking comic book, you know, like it's just there are so many different things that I do. That I can't like point to someone else sure. exactly and be like, we do the exact same fucking thing. But I notice that it's happening more and more. Many artists are spinning more plates because a we can, and b that's survival. Like at the end of the day, man, sometimes it's like, all right, this is what I do. But when I'm not doing this, I can also do this. It helps to be, my, you know, have a few tools in in the toolbox. So yeah, there's a ton
1: of YouTubers now writing books. That Smart. are then getting turned into movies, yeah, which is very interesting and with some good success. Famously, uh, The Fault in Our Stars was a, was a book. What was his name? Uh, uh, John Green. Yes. and I mean, brilliant guy. Much and my smarter my kid was
2: hip to him long before I was. Sure. Like, That's I remember crazy. seeing that book years ago on her desk and being like, what's this? She's like, there's a guy on YouTube. He makes videos and I watch him and he wrote a book. And I was like, oh, good for you and good for that young guy. Good for man. that young guy. Yeah. And little that I know is. never had a good day in his life. Anymore. Oh my God. And you want to talk about subscriptions on fucking YouTube. Yeah, he, yeah. The, but that dude is fucking insanely famous in that circle and, and translated over to film. And so now it goes into another medium. So, like, that's all possible now. Yeah. And, you know, that's why you guys are like coming. You are emerging at the absolute right time. Yeah. You can absolutely be captains of your own destiny. There's a couple cats, uh, Brian Quinn. As uh, a friend of mine, a guy, he's in a group called The Tenderloins. They do a show on True TV called Impractical Jokers. Oh, okay. So Brian love Quinn. Love I love that show. Uh, Brian Quinn such a beautiful human being. He, I've known this dude since like 1995. He was like you or, or you, one of three people who saw fucking Mallrats in a theater. <laughs> or Jameson <laughs> and Bob Shugback in a theater. He went and he was a Staten Island kid. And, um, you know, he had, uh, it was early on the internet, like the days of the forum, the, the whiteboard, the view, message board of dot whiteboard sounds so fucking racist, but you know, that's what they call it. was just writing
0: on a whiteboard and you're a
2: racist and I'm pretty damn racist. <laughs> um, so uh, it, he had said, Hey man, I went into a bookstore, um, to look for the Malrat script book and the guy behind the counter. And this was weird. This is like the first time I heard about this, but certainly not the last guy beyond the counter having an opinion on me like to a total stranger and this would come to define who i am and what i do like you know for those who know and give a shit about entertainment and stuff if you say oh that guy you know some people go oh i love that guy and a lot of people go i fucking hate that guy you know so this was the first instance of the guy uh, brian quinn going this guy i went to get the book in a bookstore in a walden books or whatever and a fucking dude said oh that movie's terrible and so I said, you know, oh, well, then you should go back and give the bookstore dorks some shit. Brian Quinn sends a recording. It's cassette <laughs> a week later. And uh, he, he goes, uh, uh, Kev Smith told me to go give the bookstore dorks some shit. So I went to the bookstore and this is what happened. And it's a fucking tape recording of the dude going, hey, hi, do you remember me? He's going, yeah, I came in last week looking for a Mallrats book. And the guy goes, uh, yeah, I th- yeah, I remember. He's going, yeah. Well, I know Kevin Smith, and I told him that you didn't like his movie. And you know what he said? And you are the guy, you're the guy I go, no. And he goes, he told me to give the bookstore dark some shit.
0: <laughs> screaming at him. And he goes,
2: uh, fuck you. What? And the guy goes, time to leave. And he goes, what are you going to do about it? Like screaming at him and stuff, recording it. And it was really disturbing, but at the same time. <laughs> Very, Very flattering. The so the kind right of away, power you have over your fans to send them out to do your bidding. Right away, I hired Brian Quinn. I was like, you you deserve a job, and he helped us build our fucking web uh sales division. Like he was the first guy there was no web sales. People would send in a check or money order and you know, he would do the uh, the <laughs> yeah, mail yeah. order form. But years later, man, he you know, he's got this fucking show. Now, him and his buddies had this fucking comedy group that they, you know, they would do sketches together and stuff they did one for like some nbc show i forget what it was i don't know if it was the the stand-up comedy show but like they were involved in this competition where they won something online and whatnot and the dudes turned that they parlayed that little bit of youtube success into a fucking television their own television show which also has its own spin off television show where they talk about how they made the show, one of those shows. <laughs> yeah, 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 All from sitting around, hanging out with friends, chasing the fucking dream and stuff. So you guys are doing the exact right thing, man. Um, whether another Clerks can happen or not doesn't matter. It did happen, and now people expect more. You know, yeah. When's your next one? Well, not even of me, of you guys. Oh, like, sure, sure, sure. You sure. can't even do that. You can't get away with something as like, look how cute and simple and fucking like user-friendly this tiny little movie, obviously made by an idiot, is now there are lots of us out there you know now the internet is full of kevin smith circa 1994 everybody far more talented than that guy as well and everybody with form to tell the story and you guys are diving into that fucking pool I, I salute you man that's awesome
0: now in the middle of that it all dawned on me mm. that i had to send kevin to the car because i've been carrying with me in my bag because i haven't unpacked it a copy of phobia now, Phobia is an independent movie made <laughs> mm. by our friend Mike Aransky, who came on the show to sell it. And he, he of course, cited you and Clerks as being one of his, the, their inspirations. Because this is a so, movie they shot over, what, five years no, on weekends? Yeah, no, the,
1: I think it was over, like, 18 months or something like that of weekends. So they had regular jobs, but they kept it going for months every weekend to film. And they've made, they made quite a few of these movies. Uh, and this was... Five years later, I think, after they made this, they finally finished it and got it distributed, and they have this amazing cover for it. It is uh, fucking... I mean, this it's
2: looks intense. insane. Hey, it's, it's got an O-ring, as they call it in the industry. Uh, an oversleeve. sleeve. something
1: completely different to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there's another industry where it's far more... Far, far filthier, to say, over. Yes. Um, this this looks fucking pro. Like, as I was pulling it apart, I was like, wow, man, motherfuckers had a dream about making a movie, and now they can actually hold on yep, to the movie. And it looks... Like every other fucking movie, yeah. as good professional as any other fucking movie you would see sitting on a shelf. Or a yeah, he like, got that. At, that one's from Walmart. I mean, yeah. that's fucking isn't that crazy? Awesome. Yeah. Like you know, and and some people, like that's success, like unparalleled success. Now, ar- ar- arrogance, ego would dictate like, uh, oh, did it play in a theater? Blah blah blah. Don't fucking matter. It's he, he yeah. had a dream. He made a movie. It's founding its audience. Like that's what I love about um, right now, being able to practice art right now. There's no like, oh, if it doesn't do this, it doesn't count. Like there was a time in our business where um, if if a movie went like straight to video, that was like the worst fucking thing, the kiss of death, the kiss of death, right. and that was the thing. I'm like, oh my god, what could be worse than straight to video movie? And it was only because. You know, it had that kind of like, well, this is how things work. A movie comes out, and then months later, if not years later, it comes out on video. Then it eventually goes to cable. Then it eventually goes to television. And that's all changed now. Now it's by any means necessary. Reach the audience. You don't need to go through fucking particular channels. Like this cat, you know, he was like, fuck, I'm going to make a movie. Just like years ago with Clerks, I was like, I'm going to make a movie. I got very lucky because that movie got picked up by a company that like then was like, all right, what do you want to do next? What do you want to do next? And they had resources. They had just been bought right before they bought me by fucking Disney. So I make like the, you know, Ross would not, not intending like this is going to be hardcore. But for that year, the rawest uh, looking, sounding fucking American independent film that winds up being a goddamn Disney movie. <laughs> so, you know, that that was not planned for. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to be this guy more than anything in the world. Who made Phobia? Rory Abel. This and Mike Oransky. And Mike Oransky. Well, was the director. I know, but I'm saying we. it's in our life
0: because of Mike Oransky. Right now, yeah. Mike Oransky's so happy. Mike Oransky. Ignoring his kid, listening to Kevin Smith mention Is who his
2: I wanted to be. Like, I didn't think, you know... My I'd make a movie that, like, I all I had in me was Clerks and then Dogma. I knew I wanted to make mm. Dogma. And I knew I couldn't make Dogma until I made Clerks and stuff. So I didn't expect Clerks to, like, get picked up and go into movie theaters. Like, at most, best case scenario, I expected to four-wall it myself, which is what we later did with Red State. And that, too, was, like, that was my plan, and it was interrupted by fucking, like, unexpected Dumb luck success with Miramax going, we're going to put the movie out and shit like that. But this is who I want it to be. The dude who's just like, I don't, I don't care how many people see it. I need to hold it. Yeah. Like, and I can't hold it in my head and heart anymore. I got to hold it here, man. Like, uh, y'all seen Birdman, of course, by yes, this point? It
0: happened, yeah. yeah, it's awesome.
2: Birdman is a wonderful movie, but what it doesn't, uh, of course, like the series of single takes is spellbinding filmmaking. But I don't think I've ever seen a movie that so portrays the inner voice so perfectly. Mm-hmm. The inner voice is some people hear and some people don't like the, uh, they talk about that fucking uh, voice in that Muppet song, even the rainbow connection where he's like, have you been half asleep and have you heard voices? I've heard them calling my name. It's a dippy little line, but it's so fucking true. Those of us who want to join the circus, hear something that other people don't. And that voice can drive you fucking far. You know, it it will make you chase fucking dreams. It'll make you push whimsy into reality and stuff like that. But it is the, the flip side to that voice. It's a double edged sword. It is fucking relentless. Like you never get to a place where you're like, ah. I have achieved everything I wanted to and I am done. Yeah. The voice doesn't let you stop. And that movie, I was watching that movie and it was creepy because I was like, oh my God. Like it's never as like his voice, his inner voice was just like, we're a fucking God. It's never quite that. (laughs) That was awesome. It was it was tremendous. But that voice was familiar to me where I'm like, oh my God, I've had that fucking voice telling me to not stop and pushing me. And that got me to where I am. But it also fucking keeps you from ever being satisfied in that you know, in that first world fucking way. It keeps you going like, well, maybe I'll do something else. Maybe I'll diversify. Maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try this. But that 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 voice is a real thing, man. Like it's it's something that anybody that wants to stand in front of people and do something. Somebody who's not content to just live a normal life like my parents lived and right. shit like that. Well, that's the thing exists I, and drove you to the point. You all have it. You whenever
0: have I go it. back to Chicago, this and my friends will be like, "Oh, cool! Like, you know, they're in the suburbs and they have their jobs that, and their families they love." And like, are like, have you watched? And they'll list off a million TV shows. And I'm like, "No." And I'm like, "You guys don't come home and make YouTube channels. <laughs> and right. Go and go do conversations at yeah. bars with your friends and film those
1: and put yeah. those up." And do- <laughs> you know, you you were talking earlier about how Clerks was. It was mostly because of you. Like, you became the personality behind that, and they pushed you out there for it. It was Um, an
2: adorable story. It was like they made that movie where that fucking where he works, and he still works (laughs) there.
1: By the way, kudos to that
2: for thinking of that. Um, That was that was just honestly not even like um, calculated because for me the backstory, the best backstory in the world had been told. Robert Rodriguez made a movie for seven thousand dollars, and he fucking went through medical experiments to do it. (laughs) Like, and what was our story? Our movie cost. $27,575, that seemed ridiculous compared to the budget of El Mariachi. And I didn't sell my body to (laughs) Sundance, So I figured like the movie was actually going to have to stand there by itself. I didn't have a cool, clever backstory. Mm -hmm. They found it. The press found it or created it or they started writing about it up at Sundance when Clerks got bought. When they first started, you know, I saw this movie and I met the fucking dude and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, "Well, wow, this festival could change your life." It was early in the festival, so nothing had happened yet. But they were like, "You know, what? What are you going to do when it's over?" And I was like, "Well, I have to be back at Quick Stop on Monday to work." <laughs> and like, I wasn't being ironic. It was just like this. Like if this we had work, shown, go yeah, like, yeah. Like I was fucking like. We had shown the movie to every distributor who could potentially pick it up in advance of Sundance. All of them passed. So we were just going to Sundance. There was no like, we're going to get fucking rich. And this is before they made big deals there and shit like that. In fact, our year was the first year anyone ever sold a film at the festival. Normally it was done before or after the festival and stuff. There was none of this bidding frenzy stuff. So going into it, I was just like playing at the festival. is its own reward. And I couldn't like, I never thought people would give a shit like, right. we had no backstory. If anything, I thought the press would be like, $27,000, do you know fucking El Mariachi only costs <laughs> $7,000? And there was
1: a car chase. He's got money to burn. Yeah, like, yeah. what?
2: what's your problem? Where'd you spend the money? That's what I thought they'd say. Um, but the backstory became people going like, oh, he actually works in that convenience store, and he's going back to work at the convenience right, store.
1: Right, and that's and that's what the cool, the most powerful part of it was, right? It was that, A, I mean, I think uh, Unanimously Clerks is a very entertaining film. It's beautiful. Hilariously written. It's and it like does a resonate. punk rock
2: song. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. like you can't judge it like like uh, like a normal piece of music because you're like, it does something to you. Right. It's primal and it's yep. raw and it's by hook or by crook, by any means necessary. And because of that, you root for it.
1: I think that's absolutely correct. I think also, uh, you know, sort of part of the reason why it's so important and part of the reason why you're so influential is because you showed everyone that if you just take that first step, if yes. you take that leap and that risk that maybe, just maybe, good things will come. And if you don't, nothing's going to happen. Right? Which- I, mean, I
2: I didn't even create nothing ventured, nothing gained, but that's exactly what it is. Very it's true. like you can either... I mean... the Tusk was a perfect example. Either could have died as a fun podcast we all recorded, and some people will argue till the end of time. It should have fucking died. (laughs) But for me, I was like, I really want to see this fucking movie. It's worth it for that frame. (laughs) That alone, (laughs) just to get there. But I was like, "I, I want to see it. Nobody else is going to fucking make this movie. And that was the same way I felt about Clerks. I wanted to see Clerks, but nobody was ever going to make Clerks. Nobody was going to make a movie where people talked about star Wars and mm-hmm. pussy and shit like yeah. that, like or and hockey, that particular bouillabaisse. Like if I wanted to see it, I had a mind snap years ago. Where I was like, if I don't fucking, if you want to see a movie about the shit you and your friends talk about, nobody's ever going to fucking make that movie. Just make it yourself. And so I was like, all right. And, and then that kicked off my career. So years later with Tusk, same thing where it's like, Man, I want to see that fucking movie. Nobody's gonna make that movie. But the thing that made me want to make that movie more than anything else because I hadn't made a movie in like three years and shit, and I was content to like just tour and podcast, do mm-hmm. TV or whatever. But I'd seen reaction on Twitter and Facebook of some cats going like, "Is that it?" They heard the podcast, and by the end of the podcast, I talked myself into making a movie and, and stuff. And the the uh, th- they said like there were a few people react like this. Is that allowed? All, you you guys just talked about the stupid meme. And then you said, oh, we could end it like Iron Man, where a bigger suit comes out at the end. And then you said, that's a movie. <laughs> like, does that count? Is that that's allowed? That's the creative process. <laughs> and that that's what I loved. Like, so rarely do you have a fucking microphone or a camera on the moment of conception, you know, unless it's fucking home porn. But you never have that fucking, it's never recorded, bing, that idea moment or something. And so many people had heard it, and they were like, okay, these two, meaning me and Scott Mosier, they work in the film industry for a few years now. They're, you know, for better or for worse, you got to consider them fucking professionals or whatever. (laughs) And they just sat there and said, fucking walrus, end of Iron Man equals movie. And they're off and running. And (laughs) there there was one that was like, is that allowed? As if there were rules, and so I was like, "Fuck!" But, there's a bunch of people out there don't know how to do that one thing. Take that first fucking but that's step. That's the
1: thing, right? And that's and, and when you were, and I'm not saying working for a corporation is bad. I'm not saying not at all. Your job and go out there. and No, it's me, awesome. But corporations have rules because mm-hmm. they have to because they are organizations that have to that have to put rules forth in order to you know succeed. You get in that mindset of I have to in order to do this. I have to get my boss to approve it. He has to get his boss to approve it. Let's play the strategy game. You forget sometimes. Now, IGN's different. IGN Obviously, we do some really creative stuff. Very there is a there, lot of that, fun. a little bit of levels there. Uh, but you, normal well, people do forget that they have it in them to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And, and, and now is the time to do can it. Nobody can stop. And now They're is kids. the
2: best time to do it because now there are more uh, ways to distribute whatever content you're creating than ever before. Right. It's you all free. You can reach people half. in they different countries. Half. Think about that. Yeah. Like, who, who aren't fucking local but still find, it's no different than when I was like, gonna make this movie and see how many people think like I do the internet just gives you a chance to do that like with anything
1: instantaneously and
2: instantaneously yeah. but some cats just don't know how to take the first step and part of making Tusk was like let me open source the movie they could see like this was the idea and let me show them like fucking you can do this like you can take a stupid idea with your friends and make it for real like and you know some cats were like well yeah of course you can because you make movies for a living but I had stopped and salted the earth in my career and been like, fuck everybody. You, you so, <laughs> I'm never coming exactly. back. Exactly. I was like, so long, thanks for all the fish. And then I was like, wait, I want more fish. And so you know, I had to come back into the room and shit. So I felt like if I could show the cats who give a fuck, who listen to podcast or whatever, who, the people that made that statement, which I was profoundly moved by, because I take for granted, as I, th- I think a lot of us do, the self-starting ability. Like you're going like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what I want to do. And so you do it and stuff. Some people are like, I would love to do that but I don't even how do you begin How yeah. does that fucking yeah. what do you do how do you write a script like they just don't know and there's an order of things or fucking what's allowed or blah 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 so I was like let me just show them like this is how you do it they heard the moment of the idea the conception of the idea take it all the way through to fucking them watching it on home video and shit and show them this is how you do it and you could take something stupid that maybe should never been made an idea of you know a guy turns another guy into a wall or some shit <laughs> <laughs> but with enough diligence and, and and requiring a first step and then a bunch of steps after that, you can accomplish and right. you can achieve. And, you know, it's like whether or not peop- all people love it, shit, man, that's just scenery and greenery or to some respect. That's just ego. You're like, you would love everyone to love your idea. Fuck it. The fact that you get to make your idea and express yourself and support yourself by doing that, you've won the game a thousand times over. Everything after that is just fucking gravy. And sometimes the gravy runs thick and fucking runny all over the joint. And you could even throw it out there so much. And sometimes it's just a little dollop where you're like, can I have more? And they're like, fuck no. You're like, glad you got that much and shit. Salt that shit. And that's it. But, taking that first step, dude, that's it, and some cats don 't know how to do it, man, that's why it's important when you do what you do you're just like you say, everything you do is with a family, with this audience that you've yeah. built that's kind of a family. They're all listening and being entertained, number one, but they're also looking for the special sauce that you' all got, the secret code that allows you to be so bold to chase your fucking dreams as well sure so you're responsible for launching a bunch of other ships it's exciting man when you do stuff like that we live in this wonderful first world where like these are our big concerns how do i express myself for a living not like how do i stay alive food? Yes. <laughs> how do i eat and stuff like that
1: god have you, have you ever stopped to actually
2: consider how many careers you've inspired um no but, oh, but no, but I mean, but then I always think about Richard Linklater because I'm like, yeah. well, he inspired me and fucking yeah. it, it's all like it trickles down. Does right? it? But
1: it doesn't blow your mind that people are in film school right now and go, I want to be Kevin Smith.
2: I never think about that. Like I always like I, I'm one of those people that I always lean or assume the negative. That's how I've conducted most of my affairs. That's how I've lived my whole life. And I think that's kept me somewhat grounded and not like every once in a while I see someone on the online go he's pretentious with his head up his own ass I'm like you know what man I'll take a lot of shit you can call me a lot of things but like one thing I know is I'm not pretentious and I do not have my head up my ass I am always checking everything I say so I'll say something and two sentences later be like But I'm an asshole, so fucking disregard it and shit. I don't believe my opinion really counts for much. And that's how I, you know, some people are irritated by that. After you listen to a lot of podcasts that do like, fuck, dude, you, you say something and then you cut yourself down or whatever. That's how I survive in this world. So because of that, I never think like, oh, there's somebody out there that wants to like me, I just think they look at what I did and be like, "Well, if that fucking chimp can do it, why can't I?" And that's yeah. you know that that makes more sense to me. I'll, I'll you know maybe when I get close to the end of all this and shit, like if I'm lucky enough to have a deathbed as opposed to like I'm in my car and I got fucking struck by lightning or some such sort of shit. Damn, lucky, that's double bad luck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I thought, I mean, you threw a curve to me. Totally. I was gonna be an accident. It's a lightning strike to the car. You thought a truck was coming? Shang! <laughs> I gave but if I'm lucky enough to like have a deathbed, then I can maybe sit there and go like and, and look back at the long tail. But I find it's dangerous to you know to kind of navel gaze. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck. Because if I did, I'm like and I say this with no hints of irony. I'm the world's biggest Kevin Smith fan. So if I really start fanning out on Kevin Smith and just like diving into a lot of people go like you know you are the big Kevin Smith. All you talk about is clerks. Not really. I've done a bunch of things. But if I really started fucking, like, gazing at my own navel, I'd lose time going, like, fucking, I know who I am and I know where I came from. And doing what I've done is tantamount to fucking becoming an astronaut (laughs) in my world. It's just so fucking unlikely that the dominoes fell the way they would. And so because of that, man, I, I tend to always keep myself in check. And I always, like... I never think, like, people want to be me. I think they want to do what I do, and I encourage that all the time, it's particularly with podcasts, because that's easy. For years, I've been telling people, go make a movie, but I always say the last thing under my breath, which is like, it's expensive. <laughs> Podcasting is so much easier to be like, go record a podcast. There's no comment. Put on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Turn on your
0: voice memo app and go. Start right? fucking talking. Yeah. Yeah. You're
2: already talking. Yeah. Just put a fucking mic on it, because yeah. it's all content to somebody. Sure. Like, you know, somebody out there, it's doing a podcast that is just about... Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Fuck the other three. It's just fucking Raphael. Yeah, right. There's no that's, one doing a podcast just about I'm Raphael. I'm pretty sure that's Rob Paulson's <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
0: talking tunes. Well, when I recorded this episode, it's Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> Colin, what's your topic?
4: I guess this will be... I mean, this seems kind of pertinent considering some of the things we've been talking about, but because um, we were talking about you know clerks and the internet age, we were talking about you know, consuming content on in the internet, we are talking about the thing we're doing on Kind of Funny and... Um, so I'm kind of curious, you know, and, we, and this can be kind of a lightning round kind of thing, but just what – the internet. There's you, no such thing like as a lightning round Yo, when the, I'm involved. Yeah, <laughs> in <yeah. laughs> well, the slowest us, with, lightning ever. With us either.
2: Dad,
0: Colin usually <laughs> likes to lead. He's like, this will be a short topic, and then it's 45 minutes of us <laughs> <I was> talking <laughs> about whatever. Like, um, nice
4: how long do you think today you could go without the internet?
2: and could, oh, what a great and, question and could you conceivably
4: think of a life today where you would never use the internet oh, jesus no.
2: that's i mean it kind of goes hand in hand with what i was saying before about being kevin smith professionally the internet is just a part of that yeah and if i'm disconnected from the internet then i'm not being kevin smith professionally. you're fading away and how right? the fuck yeah, am yeah. i earning a living and am i relevant it's nuts like there is no disengagement so i i mean if I were to step away from the internet it would be almost stepping away from the career. Even when I walked away from filmmaking, I was I didn't walk away from the internet. That in fact that was how we sold tickets to live events and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, it would be for me to unplug would be like shutting down the career and and me going native and like, hey, I'm just going to go fucking live the way people... you Like, what was that movie? The Village. I'm going to fucking do this shit like The Village. Just go live out in the forest. Totally. And, and not tell the kids that we live on an animal preserve. <laughs> um, okay. Just like that movie. <laughs> but I, I, uh, it would be difficult for, for me to do it professionally. Personally, it would also be difficult because every morning I wake up and before I launch into the business of, you know, fucking being Kevin Smith... I try to do human things and I read the news all the time. And that's my favorite thing in the world to do when I wake up, just sit there, smoke a joint, read the news. It's the only way to get through the news is to smoke a oh, joint yeah. Because it's fucking, it's not news unless it's fucking horrifying. And so it's important to keep your head straight about what's going on in the world it stops you from being a spoiled child is particularly in this industry. It really tends to like baby a person and shit. And when it's tough to be like, I didn't fucking get what I want when you're like, a school in Pakistan was invaded and a bunch of kids were fucking shot because they wanted to get a fucking education by a bunch of fucking Taliban people. So, you know, it's important to fucking consume that in the morning. And I I guess I could do that with a newspaper. and Like, my father used to do that in the morning. Yeah, you put
0: on your suit, you get on the train, and you're just rocking back and forth reading. Totally. (laughs) But, I
2: I mean, I I don't, I think I, you know, I, I don't, It's not that I don't trust TV, but TV's not nearly as fast as the internet is, and I could get updated information. Oh, yeah. 15 minutes, the story posted 15 minutes ago. So, um, for me to step away, dude, I'd, I'd really, it would have to be me cutting the cord and being like, I'm, I'm, I'm reverting to a way of life that I enjoyed or didn't enjoy. Uh, circa 1993 like not even let's say 1995 late 95 is when the internet entered my life and you want to talk about like it's almost like my relationship with driving from the moment i've started driving i've never stopped driving and you know if i want to get places that's how you fucking do it same thing with the internet, from the moment it's entered my life, it has never stopped and and then it became so much a part of what I do professionally sure. too i mean I don't have regrets, but like if I can do it over or something like that, I would be more careful about that, about keeping maybe a little bit more for myself, but I don't know how else to do this except like like personally and fucking go flat out like the movies. I don't, I, I, you know, Tusk is obviously not a personal film. I tried at one point to like joke around people were like, you know, what's this movie about? I'm like, well, it's kind of like a metaphor for working with Bruce Willis, but that was made <laughs> up. Like it was just a joke like that. wasn't true. So, you know, for me, Tusk is like, I'm at a point in my career where I ran out of the personal things to talk about. So I'm like, either I stop doing it or I just start making shit up. And I thought, I started thinking about like some of my favorite filmmakers like David Lynch and David Cronenberg and they make weird art, you know what I'm saying? Like happy people don't make great art, you know, unfortunately. I, that's what I found personally to be the case. But they can make weird art. And David Lynch seems very happy. And David Cronenberg seems very happy. And the Coen brothers seem very happy making their weird art. And not a one of them, you ever look at their movies and go, I bet that happened to them in high school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like David Cronenberg was like, The Fly, this is my college girlfriend. You know, it's not, It's it's just they made shit up. And so I got to a place where I'm like, maybe I could just make shit up and the internet feeds that in the case of tusk it fed it directly like i had my audience go like yeah fucking do that and you know some people who hate tusk would argue like maybe you should unplug from the fucking internet and stop making shit like tusk but i you know i don't know any i I support anybody that supports me doing something creative now the internet most people know is very negative place where a lot of people support negativity and whatnot. So when you find an oasis of positivity on the internet, it's best to spend as much time there as you can sure. and 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 get as much as you can out of it because those meals are few and far between. But unplugging would be difficult. For I me.
0: cannot do it yeah. under any circumstances. I, when I got the I got the new iPhone the other day and like it's that thing where it was disconnected, right? And like you have to you know turn it on and then replug it and recover and all this stuff and like that. Ten minute walk to the restaurant to meet my girlfriend. I was like checking my pocket and I'm like, well, <laughs> I was boring. I'll just, I can't look and I'm like, well, do I know where this restaurant is? And I was like, I think so, but if I keep walking, like, yeah, similar thing. Of of course, like our daily lives are the internet. My job has been the internet. And like, I went down uh, to, L- well, I went here to L.A. a couple weeks ago to shoot a show. And the PA is driving me to the set and she's like, so what do you do? Like, I, you know, I know you're on the show. I'm like, oh, I'm an internet personality. She's like, oh, that's cool. What does that entail? And I explained it all. And she's like, cool. So like, what's the what's the future? And I'm like.
2: <laughs> Do this forever, I guess. Like, Wars there's no in space. Yeah, I- <laughs> uh, <laughs> robots taking over. Uh, I think a Statue of Liberty burned on a beach, if yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. correctly. You're
0: maniacs. But yeah, like, you know, like, this is what it is, and this is the deal I've signed up for now. Like, that's, you but know. That's
2: not even it. It's like, who knows what it is? Right sure. now, it's the internet, and that's your entree, if you will. But like, as we've seen, it leads to television. It can lead to movies. It could go anywhere that you want to take it or that you want to direct it. And, yeah. and that's imagine what one person could do. you got to fucking combine forces of four plus a fucking producerial force yeah, off-camera unseen <laughs> to, uh, to kind of manifest what it is you're trying to do, whether it be like right now it's this with kind of funny and whether kind of funny branches. And think about this. One day, maybe a year from now, maybe a couple of years from now, however long it takes, you'll be working on your first feature, making a movie, a collector. Uh, something that you guys put together um, under the kind of funny banner. And you'll think about every fucking movie that you've ever seen in your life. And it won't be, but a few moments here and there where you'll go like, that's fucked up. We used to watch it. Now we're doing it, but you'll be moving forward. at such a fucking fast pace and hoping that nobody says, Hey, wait, and we thought better of this. That you won't Wait, appreciate Wait, we just Google search Nick Scarpino. He's not doing <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. Producer, seducer. You know. But but you'll be moving so fast you won't have a chance to appreciate it at the moment, but you will. You'll mark it, and then later on you'll Look totally back appreciate on it. On it our deathbed. Bed, oh,
0: yeah. Back for the lightning striking the car.
2: Save it for the save it for that moment.
0: Yeah, for me, even
2: like you you nailed
3: it with the career thing. Like just this is what I want to do. Like mm. everything you're saying about you are Kevin Smith and that is your job. That is all I want is to be Tim Gettys, and that be my job. That's amazing. And just working towards that. And uh, But who that is and why I want to do that, even besides the career, it's – the internet was such an important part of my formative years. And I, I'm – at my age, it's – that was my life. I don't know a life without the internet really. Right. And um, it's – I can't imagine. I could not do it at all Like because even movies and TV and all that stuff, they're not enough for me. Like I need to know what everyone else thinks about it instantly. I need to be part of that weird? conversation. I need to – no, I need to know every single thing going into it, reading about it, being part of the hype. Like to me, that's almost more important than the actual movie, and that's well, I can't I, exactly. And I, I love that. It's that's kind of that. I Some define people don't by
2: understand that. that. My wife doesn't understand that. Um, like, the why are you talking about it? And like, yes. Hmm. And here's something that, like, a couple of years ago, I was like, ah, oh, fucking uh, fuck critics and stuff. Um I you know and then recently I was like you know I don't feel that way anymore and then there were a bunch of cynical motherfuckers like you don't feel that way cuz got a movie coming out that's bullshit this is why I don't feel that way because after every t- every episode of Mad Men I've I've discovered this slowly over the course of like two seasons watching the show the next day I would get up and as I smoked and reading Google news I would go to slate uh dot com mm-hmm. and I, th- I think it's slate or sl- slant. No, what was the other one slate? And then fuck, I think it's slate. They got two writers or three even that just sit there and talk about yep. their opinion of the show. And I would gravitate toward these because I realize I'm not smart enough to process mad men. My wife's very good at it too. I'll turn to her afterwards book. Like, the fuck happened. And she'll explain. It. I'll be like, wow, that's fucking like I learned early on. She's a wonderful resource like that. We watched Mulholland drive and I was like, the fuck happened and she and explained it not that yeah. but she explained she crystallized it where i was like holy fuck man like are you fucking david lynch on the side how do you know that and she she's good at that she's really good she'd be an excellent story editor man she understands she can call shit watch tv like this is gonna happen blah 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 so fuck i gotta I've hit a pothole what, what was i on again um oh so i'm looking at thank you you, you fucking <laughs> listen, so leans he, in call right track. there man that was awesome um so i've i've after the, like I don't know, weeks and weeks of fucking reading other people's thoughts on Mad Men. I was like, Oh, this is like what film criticism is sure. for other people. As the filmmaker, it's difficult because so much of the conversation is about your work. And of course you want everybody to like what you do and shit. And, and there's a lot of blood in the water and fucking like, Film criticism isn't really film criticism. Some of it's real like, Just fucking stab it till it's dead, and it's fun to make. Here's fun a funny shit.
0: double entendre I make. It. Exactly,
2: and and I get it. Fucking like that's that's the way the game's played now. It's totally fine. But you know, it was. Um, it, I, I don't know. For me, it, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, the critical thing. Everybody talking together. I I sat there going, oh, I get it. Like. This is important to me in some weird fucking way. I have to know what these other strangers... And then the people in the comments dread. Yep. Well, if they all agree that right. this show it's we validated. watched last it night... It goes to back to degree. that community
0: thing we're talking about. And that's one of the things we we're so excited about when you know, leaving and now going to do on Kind of Funny and Kind of Funny Games. These products where we're, we were very clear at the front. like We aren't reviewing yeah, things. Yeah, we're not. Right, See, we're right. and that's
1: the problem I think you have with, with critics is that there's a difference between a critic and someone who's just an enthusiast or someone who's just really likes something and wants to evangelize it a little bit. Right, right. right. And that's, I think, you probably, because you're a pretty positive guy, gravitate a little bit more toward the guys that aren't like five out of five or two out of five. It's like, that's not what it's about. Like I
2: love Jay Hoberman in in The Village Voice. There's a a guy named Jay Hoberman who uh, I didn't even know for years whether it was guy or woman. Before I made a flick ever, um, he was a guy that wrote the review of Slacker that made me want to go see Slacker. Mm-hmm. And when you read a Jay Hoberman review in The Village Voice, you had no idea whether he liked the movie or not. It was almost a fucking, just an essay about the movie. And it wasn't an essay of like, I walked in and bought popcorn. It was about the movie itself, <laughs> but it wasn't like thumbs up, thumbs down, stars, nothing like that. It was just a really interesting insight into the fucking movie that would then make you want to go see the movie. They don't really do that so much anymore. Some places still do, but it's much easier, you know, and it's clickbait to, you know, fucking have a headline that's like, this movie sucks your mother's cock or something like that. And you're like, holy shit, I want to read this fucking review. Cock? Yeah, who How they know? She's so fucking hung. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's... But I get it. Like, I'm not like... I, I just, certainly am not trying to be like Bill Murray at the end of Scrooge, where I'm like, I get it now. I'm ready. But I understand. Like, after reading all those articles, and just because I'm like, I got to know... Am I, am I alone or did they get something like that's what it's all about? It's community. It's about finding a tribe. It's about the same reason that I like fucking made clerks. Like, let me see if anybody else understands. Yeah. Same fucking thing here. Motherfuckers writing about a TV show in depth, one episode. And then, and I think in Slate It's like three people write three separate pieces and all comment on each other's. But that's them throwing a message out there. Like, that's the exact same thing that I do. It's just the other side of the playing field, so to speak.
3: I think that's so important, too. Like, when, when you go to a movie theater, like, the the instant you leave that theater, you're just talking about the movie. Yeah. You're talking about what you just saw. How that's you the feel best part. That's it. the and best it, part. And no matter how bad the movie was, you might just say, oh, I hate it. I hate it. But here's why I hate it. And that's like, a, you get an actual oh, see, thoughts put into that and all of that. And I feel like a lot of what we're doing, what we want to do is have that movie conversation but about video games, about comics, about um, TV shows and all that stuff to, to give the, the community context. and the people that avenue to have that conversation whenever they want. Right, right, right. Oh, and my wife likes seeing movies by herself and I can't
1: fathom it. I cannot fathom walking out of a movie theater and not being able to turn to a good friend of mine and say, what did you think? Or like, wasn't that the coolest thing you've ever seen or the biggest piece of shit or whatever, you know? That's just to me part of the process. It doesn't stop when the credits start rolling.
2: Dude, there's a whole industry um, of people that sit around and talk about sporting events while it's going on, <laughs> yeah. after it's over, in advance of it happening. There's a whole industry where people are like, I'm putting together my own version of the draft, like, and this is my happy place in life and shit like that. Sports, when I was growing up, was treated so seriously, like... Almost that is, as if it was real, as if it was important, like being a doctor or, you know, fucking somebody saving lives somewhere. Like, this is a real credible fucking profession and shit. And it absolutely is a credible profession and whatnot. But it was treated like religion and, and, and a very realistic thing, whereas movies were like, oh, yeah, I go to the movies on the weekends and shit. Now we live in an age where, like, movies and pop culture, comic books are on equal level with sporting events. Like, you know, when Remember I... That, Colin? equal level uh, very much so your hockey well, well I mean hockey fuck it's you know I look I nobody loves hockey more than me <laughs> yeah but you're like, a weird you're a weird company to complain about my passion for hockey <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hockey has that you know they don't have the numbers of baseball and fucking football but they, they are all heart and like one of the last great sporting organizations that is all heart. Like even though salaries are you know still kind of up there and whatnot, uh, and, and but not nearly as aggregate as they are with other sports, you still see that they do it because there's love for the game. It's not just cynical like this is our business and blah blah blah. It's it's still something that's, I don't know, pure. The hockey fact that there's still goons there.
0: The fact that there's still goons means a bit a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know
2: how else to describe it. Like, heart is still in that game. And I'm certainly not saying baseball has no heart, football has no heart. Whatever they – that look, it's very difficult, those games, particularly fucking football and shit. It looks hurdy as fuck. <laughs> but um, it, there's something about hockey which looks fucking way more hurdy than any of those sports that is so goddamn pure, even though it's a business and shit, there's still something at the heart of it. That is heart, not just a fucking game. That dog loves you, man. Yeah, uh, you know, Fall asleep I, on your lap. I am used Never to it with
0: Portillo. Oh, I, every time we do a podcast, my wiener dog in my lap. So I'm totally. She senses used to it. it. She's yeah. just like, this is
2: my bed. <laughs> but it's weird. We live in a wonderful age where like you can celebrate movies with chatter as much as they celebrate sports. It's just as valid. Sports people used to look down on sports enthusiasts. Looked used to look down on fucking movie enthusiasts, but now. We have just as much credibility and just as much lobby. And you can go just as far out of having a conversation about some fucking thing you just watched than you can fucking talking about a sporting event that you just watched, man. People make a living. Chris Hardwick makes a living out of fucking talking about a show we all just watched. You know, it's like, that's where we are now. It's all the
0: same circle of what we've been talking about on this show in... Being part of that community and why rats worked for me, right? Because nobody was talking to me about that. I was the comic nerd of my group of friends, which was isolating. And you know, you know what I mean, when the internet came yes. around, I was in those fucking AOL chat rooms and message boards, yeah. and like, you know, what I mean, like, oh, let's yeah, talk about too. it. Let's let's fucking talk about this new issue of Superboy or Young Justice or whatever. I want right. to have a conversation. And now, you know, you mentioned a second ago, like the there's a lot of negativity on the internet, right? Always. And we've done on this show before a topic of like, would the world be better without the internet, or all these different things. And like, I stick with it that like even though the negativity is what we put out a lot of times or people put out the positivity of being able to sit there and just hashtag anything you fucking care about and you will find people talking about it and be able to get part of that community and not feel so alone that's and what's
2: awesome pump your passions and and kind of uh, stand there going this is what i love this is who i yeah, am yeah in terms of the negativity you know look the anonymity affords people that kind of negativity. Yeah. And I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm no expert and they'll maybe study it down the road, but feels, even the internet, shitty fucking people on the internet, man, feels like a fucking valve of some sorts where I'm, I'm glad that exists sure. for them to go and be like, fuck life and fuck you. I tweeted and Instagram a, a shot of some dudes, Twitter stream today where, where it was like some fucking like, Hey, okay, this fucking fuck Kevin Smith and then right after it was like you know down with racism you yeah. need more peace oh man reason.
0: this is like we, this is week ago another that's I mean, the internet. An hour about this the, my favorite is when somebody tweet me hey you're a fat cunt and I hate you and then you go, click through their profile <laughs> it's a picture of them and their kid and it's like bible verse whatever, yes. whatever. it's like yes. come on you yes. don't see this the hypocrisy in this but, but yeah, you yeah, need like, that you yeah. need that
2: that's where they blow off their steam for whatever reason it made that motherfucker's day to be able to be like I'm gonna say this and he might fucking hear it yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get this off my well, chest, and he's not better than me. Whatever the fuck. Maybe it's good that that exists. Well, because maybe otherwise we might have a world full of people on sure. top of bell towers. It feels like whenever
0: I respond to somebody fuckers. who hates me, and they're like, oh, "Well, hey, that's," and they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I was having such a bad day." I well, mean, well, yeah, they immediately backed out. I wish, I wish because, that like, was always the case. Yeah, <laughs> the some people of.
2: are just like, "No, fuck you, straight to hell." And you're like, all right, all right. fair <laughs> oh, enough. Well, Mr. I situation we were here. My I'll bad. talk to Bye you bad. later bad. on that. <laughs> but i'll take it man like i'll take the negativity cuz like it's up to you to turn out the positivity yep. like you know if you see an ocean of negativity out there yeah maybe you're fucking spitting at that ocean at a wave that's coming at you but go the other way be the you change. know and be the change and also try to be funny in the process like my fuckers attack me out. and i'm trying to work kind of funny <laughs> ah, i see what we did there kevin as, as, absolutely well done well branded <laughs>
0: kevin Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. See, I won't end it. I'll just keep. Well, we're still doing another one, right? We're
2: we're rolling into one of your shows, correct? I just assume that this is. We'll split this one in two. Oh,
0: we're going to split it in two. All right, cool. You put your bumper on the front of it, then you let people know where to go for it. I will. Do you
2: guys have to go anyplace or no? No,
0: we're, we're fucking. So
2: we can just keep rolling. Yeah, sure.
0: Oh, so we're splitting it here.
2: I, we can, let's use this as a split point.
0: Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to move into one of Kevin Smith's podcasts. Which one are we doing?
2: We'll do, uh, let me see, with you you guys branching off, and, and uh, let's do Smodcast.
0: We're going to do Smodcast. So you can go find that, obviously, on the Kevin Smith Podcast Network. They're all over the place. Mm. You get them on the iTunes. get them on the website. Mm. Follow you on Twitter. Instagram, you Instagram, go on Instagram. You won't get podcasts there, but you'll see pretty pictures. Yes.
2: And then the sooner, if you, somewhere, they'll lead you to me and the podcast. Exactly. Podcast.com is No, nah, that's too easy. Yeah. you got to get There's a like far more uh,
0: For us, ladies and gentlemen, you know this is the Game Over Gregory Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this oh, table, right. each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can get all the shows early over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Or if you don't have the money or don't think we're worth it, we totally understand. You can go to youtube.com slash Kind of Funny, get the topics broken out one by one, day by day. And remember, we just quit our jobs and really need your support. So go to the new channel, youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Support us there. Subscribe there. Watch all the new content. We have a cool Twitch stream. We're doing a million things. Until next time, it's been a pleasure to serve you.